Hello, and welcome to week two recap episode of ASI Primetime. I am your host, Billy, joined by my co-host, Joe Poe. How's it going, man? It's going great. Wait, and who's that? Dear God, that's Boomer's music. What? We start in South Jersey where Team Wells heads into Hamilton for a grudge match with Troy. Zach got the scoring going early with the deployment of Clyde Edwards' E-Layer bag and Ketchup Pat. But as seen in Puerto Rico, Mahomes can't survive long when facing a strong flood. Troy, that is. Who whined like a toddler night one and then drafted a waddler just hours later, pouring out a 40 for his dead homie Queen Elizabeth. Rest in peace. Zach tried to fight his way back behind the rushing of David Montgomery forever and ever and ever. Shout out front bottoms. But in the end, Troy's 4 a.m. piss break switch off of Matt Ryan Cabrera took Wells all the way down. Troy 129, Wells 107. Whoop whoop! Next, over to Michelle's house where Joe Poe looks to avenge his 2021 Super Bowl loss to Team Corey. A cracked rib and a pop lung couldn't stop Poe from smoking some of that good Herbert to the tune of a 23-point lead. But Corey deployed Operation Chinese Finger Trap to get him back in the game. Huh, two tight ends, boom. Defense and kicker performances nearly propelled Corey to one of his patented fluke wins. But in the end, Poe's batch of Amon Ra St. Brownies were not duds this time around. Poe 120, Corey 108. Fumble! Over to Hoboken where Husser attempts to take over Kurt City in just two short weeks. DeAndre Baker Swift was the only one who brought his gat to the cookout as the rest of Kurt's squad took Sunday off. Husser's been AFK since 2002, but it paid off as his Warren Sapp-led Bucks defense turned out to be a real difference maker. Josh alienate Ant Farm went smooth criminal and nearly stole the game Monday night, but in the end, Teak President Mike Williams was the heart pulse that this team needed to get its first win. Birds 127, Kurt 112. What? Next, Rast storms into Florham Park like he's attending a Fire Adam Gase rally to take on the undefeated Team Proc. He may not be able to tell if it's noon or midnight, but that doesn't matter as this Cinderella story straight balled, giving us the highest score of the week. Rask got a Cooper Mario Cup performance from his star. But a 45 on Monday night from Prox guy Stefan proved that he is indeed Dat Digza. Leaving Curtis Samuel Jackson shouting, Get all these stains off my motherfucking team. Proc 146. Rasp 127. FUMBLE! We head over to Jersey City where ex-Bachelor Tom tries to get in the win column against Team Rock. Not many highlights from Muller's squad as Jerry Booty and Zeke Hold This Elliot dropped a pair of duds. Trey Lance took an arrow to the knee, but the Skyrim is the limit for this squad as Aaron Bones Jones returns to championship form. Christian Captain Kirk and his 25 points said Star Trek's better, leaving Mullerkin Skywalker saying, I hate sand. It's coarse, rough, and it gets everywhere. Sandstorm 116, Muller 93. Raiders. 
Jersey. Last but not least, Trav flew cross-country to face off with North Jersey legend, me. Dick Chubb fucked his real team, but left it all out there for my squad as he and Bateman got me out to an early lead. But it didn't last as Tyreek running up the hill and Lamar Jackson 5 went Jackie Robinson day on my ass, sporting matching 42s. Justin Thomas Jefferson had a chance to lead the squad to life, liberty, and the pursuit of W's with end zone targets late. But much like Joe Poe at Nail's wedding, he missed the reception. Trav 140, Bill 131. And that is week two. How we doing, wow. guys? What an absolute start. Week two. Oh my god, that was great. I'm so happy that Matt Ryan didn't cover 14 and a half points. Fucking bum, Matt Ryan didn't cover. Because there's no way I would have been able to do it as well as you just did that. (laughs) I appreciate it. That digs joke is problematic. (laughs) Might have to bleep that one out, but uh, that was the one I was referring to. But uh, yeah, how's everything going? How's everyone's yeah, great, week going? Great, I'm I'm very ready to hop into these week two matchups, especially after that. Cool. We're gonna do a little less fluff. Um, probably not break down every single player on everyone's team, but we'll get it moving. Break down all the matchups and then uh, send you on your way to enjoy your Wednesday. So, without further ado, let's get into Wells v Troy. Yeah. So I'm just gonna start it off and just say this is probably my best call of the year so far with well or with Troy not starting Matt Ryan. Uh, he got very lucky that I panic dropped Carson Wentz thinking Justin Herbert's ribs were fine because Matt Ryan just put up an absolute stinker and Wentz literally was the difference in this matchup this week. Yeah, Matt Ryan, absolutely pathetic. He really nailed that. Hysterical, he's the thumbnail. And Wentz Turned in a nice performance. Uh, you got to give him credit. Yeah, Wentz has been doing pretty decently this year, kind of spreading the ball around. They had a really bad first half there in Washington, but they kind of came alive in the second half. They almost stole the win, actually, against Detroit. But, I mean, yeah, I think Detroit's a pretty good team. Uh, I guess not pretty good, but I think they could potentially be a pretty good team. So... Seems like through two weeks that Washington's pretty competitive and that Wentz is definitely, or at least in my opinion, wasn't what was wrong with the Colts last season. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to hard to argue otherwise seeing Matt Ryan get goose-egged by the Jags here. And then, I mean, granted, Carson Wentz, it, it took them two and a half quarters to get going, really. They fell out to a massive deficit. But a great fantasy performance, especially streaming quarterback. you got to give Troy credit and... Was it actually the difference? Let's see. He won by twenty-two. Yeah, yeah he literally would have lost. So he you got to give him credit there. That bum in Matt Ryan, who, if I haven't said it enough coming into this year and enough already this year, absolute bum of a player. <laughs> Speaking of bums, one of the biggest fluke MVPs of all time. Your bust of the week, Derrick Henry, back-to-back def- uh, underwhelming performances for him. Are you worried if you're a Derrick Henry owner, or do you think it's just too? Super Bowl contenders in the Bills and Giants. I mean, it's really tough to play two Super Bowl caliber defenses mm-hmm. in back-to-back weeks, so I'm not completely out on him, but I think the playbook's out there on Henry. 
Um, they spent a lot of time in the broadcast talking about getting him to stop moving his feet, which I thought was like one of the worst takes of all time because like, yeah, if you stop any running back from moving their feet, um, they're probably not going to have a good game. It just seems like to me that the Titans offensive line really took a hit with Luan going down pretty early in the game. And I'm not out on Derrick Henry. Um, I think the Titans figure it out. I just I can't believe that the Titans are this bad, especially because I've thought they were bad in years past and they've been consistently able to kind of run the ball with Derrick Henry regardless and kind of surprise a lot of teams. So I'm not out on him yet. He's like clearly the workhorse back there still. And even in kind of a blowout, like I think they were down like 25 points in the third quarter and Vrabel was still trying to establish the run game with Henry. So like the Titans are never going to be out on Henry. I just think he's just played a two really tough Super Bowl level defenses to start the year. So it can only be like kind of greener pastures from here on out. But I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be upset or say you're wrong to say like, you know, you could be worried about him if you are Troy, especially with the draft capital you committed to him. My issue with them is the play calling. It's just, it seems like they're always thrown on first down. They're never running him between the tackles, just always getting cute. It's, it's just, I almost feel like the two losses could be a good thing for Derrick Henry because maybe they just dumb down their game plan and don't overthink it, run him out of the eye and let him just kind of pound you into the dirt. So we'll see if he kind of picks it up in future weeks. (laughs) Obviously didn't matter this week, but. Um, moving on to Javante Williams, a bit of a down week compared to, I guess, his projection or the volume he kind of saw previously. I think Denver just really struggled to get going and very uninspiring win against Houston. Do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go with Prox's take and just kind of like gulp and hope that Houston's defense is just actually good because Denver through two weeks has looked like probably one of the bigger dud teams of the year. We are only two weeks in, so I'm not exactly like down on Denver players because they still seem to be performing. Um, and then Javante Williams specifically, I'm definitely not down on him at all. Um, I don't know the stat exactly, but I think this week he ended up being in on 72% of the snaps at the running back position. And I mean, he still get did get 16 carries or 16 touches this week. Um, so it's I think the biggest thing for Javante through two weeks is like I'd honestly feel comfortable with him moving forward because he's involved in the passing game. He did have four targets this week, but he only converted on one. And like he's clearly the one there. Like it's not like going into the season where people were worried about Melvin Gordon really eating into his his workload. It seems like Javante, regardless of how involved Melvin Gordon is, is gonna get, you know, fifteen touches a game. So I mean he'd had a down week this week, but the Denver offense, I just don't think they're firing on all cylinders yet. It is a new coach, uh, new QB, like a lot of moving parts. They're probably still trying to figure out like their identity and what they are as a team. Yeah, uninspiring first two weeks, mainly from the coach, I'd say. Just yeah. seems like a complete idiot out there. I, I think his production will come once they start moving the ball and scoring touchdowns, but you got to hope it comes soon. He, he can't. He's got two running backs on paper that should be producing that are kind of lagging out of the start. But obviously, this week bailed out by our next guy, Jalen Waddle, with one of the performances of the week. Any thoughts there? Just 
as explosive as you can ever ask for him to be. Enormous yeah. game. Clearly, him and Hill can both eat. They're they're one and one a. Just as kind of all the Waddle backers kind of were saying. Do you think he keeps this up? Do you think this was a flash in the pan? What are your over, overall thoughts on the Dolphins offense? Yeah, I mean, I I would say this is exactly what I have written down. It's just that two is fucking legit. And Mike McDaniels really knows what he's doing. He looks swagged out with the aviators. I was fired up. (laughs) Yeah, he's like a... I mean, obviously, this goes out saying he's like an early coach of the year candidate. Because it's just crazy to me how much better this offense looks just by switching from Flores to McDaniels. And the one thing I did say last week was like, hey... You should have some hope as a Waddle owner because, like, it does seem like Tua's good enough to at least make Tyreek Hill and Waddle relevant. But, like, after this performance against a Baltimore team that was up, I think they were up 21 points. Yeah, in the going into the fourth quarter. I correctly. And for Tua to come back on the road against baltimore which is obviously like one of the better coach teams in the league with john harbaugh like if i had waddle or tyreek hill right now like i'd be fucking ecstatic after that comeback win yeah moving on to brandon cooks a bit of a down game in general i think my takeaway here i i kind of just heard davis mills was kind of impressive last year and just kind of saw numbers didn't really watch him play i watched the good majority of that denver game where he just had opportunity after opportunity to kind of bring them back in it and even win the game. I think he had two chances, too, to tie it, even when they fell down a touchdown. He did not look good at all to me. I I don't know if that was just a bad day for him, but I don't know if that by any means, if they're picking top five, if they don't go quarterback, he just looked a little wet noodly to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't get to see a lot of this Denver game, so... He was sailing. He was sailing shit. He was coming up short on like post routes. It 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 just didn't look great. How good could like I think he was like a fifth round pick, right? Like how good could a third? But I mean, they were hyping him up, and then even if you look at mock drafts now, they have him going like edge rusher and stuff and passing up on all these quarterbacks. But if this play kind of continues, I know Houston kind of hung around in two games in a row now, but. It's just something to watch. I don't know if this offense is really... They have opened the season against two very good defenses in Denver and Indianapolis, to be fair. Yeah. Um, And I guess this focus on Brandon Cook specifically, I'm not really worried about him at all because... Yeah, he's still getting the volume. I I didn't mean this to be an anti-Cooks thing, but... Yeah, he's like a floor play where he's going to have that high floor every week just because Davis Mills literally does pepper him with targets. But it sounds like, based on your based on your analysis, that uh, it seems like Davis Mills is a little bit kind of having a kind of bit of a sophomore slump. Yeah, he's kind I of guess, like for someone either who having a sophomore yeah. slump or he's just being gassed up. Like it it also doesn't help him that he's got Levy Smith as his coach there. Like I, I'm very I'm a very big proponent of like you should have like an offensive minded head coach when you're bringing in a young quarterback or trying to develop one. So. I can't imagine Levy Smith's run the ball down their throat mentality helps him out there. Yeah, more so my takeaway is just like these guys like Damian Pierce and Cooks. Like we kind of expected Houston's defense to kind of lag a bit and them to be involved in these shootouts and then their fantasy guys have a little more value. And I'm just not sure if that's the case kind of moving forward. 
We'll see when they kind of get into we'll talk about him later a softer part of the schedule, but we can move on to Dalton Schultz, who I believe got hurt. He may not play against the Giants, I was reading today. Yeah. So that's, that's a big probably loss for like him. The best news possible as a Giants fan because tight ends just absolutely murder us. I mean, McKinney would McKinney would blink at that boy, but yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that Dalton Schultz is definitely uh, gonna. He's he's trending towards missing this this week. Yeah. So he's gonna have to figure out an option there on tight end potentially. It looks like he has a little dead weight on his bench that I don't think he would mind moving. But, yeah, and I think there's some viable options on the waiver wire this week. Yeah, no doubt. Michael Thomas, second good week in a row. Another, or not another, but 18.5. Pretty impressive from him, I'd say, especially not yeah. scoring a ton of points going against the good defense. I think that's a completely viable flex play for the yeah, time I being. Yeah, I think it's like, is Thomas back or is Jameis back is what my question is after that eh, game. Because, Jameis like, is terrible. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean Jameis is back as in he's good. I mean, is Jameis back the guy who's going to air it out as much as possible, force throws, throw TDs and interceptions? Because if that's the Jameis you're getting, then I think Michael Thomas is probably one of the biggest steals of the draft this year. Yeah, it's possible. I don't think he's all the way back because he was getting drafted first round and having 120 catches but i mean if he continues to get you 18 to 20 a week that's better than a lot yeah, of flexes in the league, as a you wide know? receiver three flex he's already through two weeks the number nine at the wide receiver position so he's already returned probably more value than most seventh or eighth round picks would regardless yeah no doubt um can kind of skip through kicker defense pretty good perform. i mean nice nine from the d there and jake elliott you can't really guess kickers yeah cowboys defense is gonna be a problem yeah parsons is just unreal i think he had 10 pressures i think i was reading which is just against burrow which yeah that's a whole different issue when we talk about the Bengals. but yeah overall nice performance from troy especially considering he kind of got underwhelming starts from his running backs but i mean Waddle putting yeah, up a 40-burger is is nice to see. First team we're talking about, and the first time I'm right about a bust of the week in Derrick Henry, if he doesn't score that goal line touchdown, you're talking about, like, absolute mayhem this week and, and smashing the panic button. But he salvaged it a little bit, at least. And, Troy, you're welcome for the Matt Ryan diss. <laughs> we can move over to the other side now with Wells. Mahomes bit of a down game on thursday what did you think out of him honestly i just thought that he had here's my i guess i have two takeaways from that game one the chargers are still the chargers and they just blow games inexplicably in the fourth quarter it doesn't matter who their quarterback is or who their coach is they just absolutely stink out loud at winning real games and then two mahomes had a down game which um, a game like this for Daniel Jones would be a huge game. So it's not like he had a down game in terms of other quarterbacks, but for him, it's a down game. And the only thing I'm really worried about with Mahomes is like Kansas City's going to be great this year. Um, it just seems like they have a bunch of guys at receiver. And like, it seems like Tyreek Hill was relatively important to this offense, uh, especially seeing him blow up in Miami. So my only concern with Mahomes is like, 
is his upside capped because he just doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to outside of one guy. We'll see. I don't know if not having a specific number one receiver is really going to cripple him a ton. I think it was just a it's a tough pass rush he was going against, and I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it was fairly uncomfortable. They still scored 27 points, and they're going to play some dud teams down the line. I think Mahomes, nothing really to worry about, but could have used some more points to kind of keep him in this game here. Especially yeah, when you got Carson not, Wentz off the streets. It's not that I'm down on Mahomes as a quarterback. It's just like, is his fantasy output capped because he doesn't have that Tyreek Hill threat? Do you think he finishes top up? five, gun to your head, fantasy wise? Um, I would say he's like at that five six spot I, I i would be pressed to say no he doesn't finish top five all right honestly i, I think herbert i think herbert lamar jackson jalen hurts are, are definitive like they're going to be in that top three kind of area um i'd have to think about it for other qb options there fair enough Moving but he's on. on that like he's like over under four and a half or or five and a half i would say is like the perfect bet for him got it got it make sure to keep that one in your notes app, Wells, so you can uh, yell either yeah, way. Yeah, sure you will. David Montgomery, I thought he, I thought it was one of his best games I've seen out of him. I, I he I, looked great. He looked great. It was the only time the Bears really got offense going was when him and Fields were running. I know the big story is the Bears attempted, what, the, the least amount of pass attempts in the first two games since, like, 1972 or some shit, but... I think they have a formula that can potentially work as the season progresses. Again, this is a new head coach as well. I assume a new OC. I'm not super um, on the pulse of Bears coaching staffs, but I thought he looked good. And if the offense does get going, if they do kind of let Fields push the ball downfield and he gets more goal line touches and stuff, I, I think this is RB1 upside for him. Yeah, I I think that David Montgomery is like the highest floor like RB two there is, and like highest he's like one of the highest floor guys because he's going to get so many touches, and because like the Bears offensive line did look pretty good, um, against like a pretty not pass blocking, but yeah, they ran the ball well, and uh, I guess like it just sucks because I think that Montgomery and Fields like would be so much better if they just have like a creative offense to play in. Um, like this is another one of those teams where they hired Matt Eberflus out of Indianapolis this year. And he's like a defensive minded head coach where like, it's just like, I would rather see fields with like an offensive minded. Don't you hate when they get a young quarterback with a defensive head coach? I feel like that pisses me off. It It sucks. And it's just like, I don't, I have no idea about Eberflus. Like they, I have no idea what he's going to be as a coach, but I think anybody watching the Green Bay game is just like Green Bay Chicago game this weekend is like they're running the ball well. Like there's got to be something there where they can maybe establish the play action a little bit better and get fields going too, because I think Montgomery's upside is capped by the offense itself, not because of him as a player. Agreed. So like, yeah, he's, I think he probably returns well as like a top 15 fantasy performance but like 
he's not going to give you those boom weeks that you get from like um yeah like the, like you'd get from like a, a number one or number two running back you know yeah if he can keep it within 15 20 for wells so he's going to be dangerous it's it just yeah, obviously I mean, he's like the he's like the perfect guy that you're not worried about him every week to, he's not going to put up a dud i guess i would say I guess transitioning to Cordero Patterson, who did put up a dud, which is almost the story of his season last season with the boom weeks, and then this week he got the 4.1, and they scored points too. So it's just like, what are they going to be doing on a given week, Atlanta? It's tough to gauge. He still is the guy getting carries, but it's just strange to see. Actually, he ended up having a 50-50 split with Algier. Really? And was Algier yeah. scratched week one? Yeah, right? he was a healthy yeah. scratch week one. Ooh. So Cordero week one was kind of a byproduct of Algier was scratched and Williams went down early. So they really had nobody else to absorb touches. Um, I don't know. I'm not exactly out at all on Cordero Patterson, but I think this is just one of the concerns. Like, how are they going to use him in the offense? And it's not that Algier looked that good, so... You would think if the, with the Falcons scoring 27 points that Cordero, you know, would have had a part in that. So, I don't know. I think he's like a guy who you're probably playing in the flex or benching moving forward considering how well his other running backs perform. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. He's kind of like a, he's like a flyer. Like you said, he's a boomer bust guy. This is his bust week. Um, if he gets 25 touches like he did week one, though, like it's hard to not have him in your lineup every week. So yeah, kind of wait and see on him. I agree with that. Just looking at Sanders and Clyde, Ed- Clyde Edwards, Elaire, which we'll get to in a minute, but it seems like those guys are going to be more consistent producers for him. Yeah, but I mean, in a bye week, it's it's not the worst situation to have. I guess we can move on to Devonte Adams, who had a down week as well. It, it just kind of all happened for Wells here in week two. Granted, it, it was a big week one, so and then a down week two. I'm not worried about Adams. That being said, no, not at all. I mean, he scored like I want to say he scored like within the first like five minutes of the game, and like I was expecting him to just have like another gigantic week. Yeah. A hundred percent. I thought it was coming. It's just like, the that Raiders. Entire Raiders offense yeah. just completely fell apart in the second half. Like Devontae I, only converting on two of his seven targets. Like that's not going to happen again this year. Like I'd be shocked if that happened again this year. Two receptions for twelve yards and a touchdown. Like I don't. Know. I, I'm not worried about Devontae Adams at all. It's just a shitty week. The the Raiders offense looked terrible in the second half. Yeah, I hate when teams just go up like three scores and then refuse to score. I'd say yeah. it's just pretty infuriating. So hopefully they stop doing that for his sake. But yeah, if I if I had to guess, this is either his worst or second worst week of the year, I'd imagine. Yeah. So we'll see there. Moving on to Debo, are you amped on him with Jimmy G versus Trey oh, yeah. Lance? You'd oh, say so much yeah. higher, like. That was like one of my biggest things. My biggest things with Debo coming in this year was like Trey Lance and then his injury concerns from his previous career. But I'm really high on Debo now. Like I think the 14.7 you see this week from him is like his floor moving forward because 
49ers running backs just continue to get hurt. So he's going to be very involved in the running game. As you saw this week, he's still involved in the running game. And I think with Jimmy G, he's going to get targeted a lot more. He's going to get a lot better, like higher quality passes. And with Kittle out, who doesn't seem like he's coming back soon. Sorry, Steve. Um, I think that Debo is kind of like a, a very solid play moving forward. So this is somebody whose upside has gone up since the beginning of the year for me. Yeah, I'd agree. I, overall, I'm still high on Team Wells, kind of based on yeah, everything we're got, saying. I think he's got a good core of players here. It's just a down week for him. It's tough to compare against Lance because we never really got to see Lance. He got injured instantly, and then the monsoon game last week. But yeah. overall, I'll just—it's just the same situation Debo was in last year, which he was a top five wide receiver. I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but. I think he was the number three. There number you go. So this is still a dangerous squad. Obviously, you're not thrilled to lose, but I don't think it's any reason to really panic on the Wellington front for me. Well, it's just unfortunate for Wells that Troy decided to listen to podcasts. So. <laughs> That's why we put it out here. Logan Thomas, I think he'll be a perfectly fine tight end. Detroit defense, not phenomenal, but... Yeah. yeah, Logan Thomas is like one of those mid-tier tight ends who's yeah. just like, you're kind of hoping for a touchdown, basically. Like but most. I will say, when he's healthy, he's very good. And it seemed like Wentz is kind of spreading the ball around in yeah. Washington so far this year. So, Which is good I, news for everyone besides McLaurin, I'd say, which we'll get to with Muller's yeah, we'll game. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it doesn't seem like he has a specific one, so... I imagine Thomas will kind of keep getting his 8 to 12 a week, barring an injury, which kind of is always his concern. But for the time being, yeah, nothing to really change there. Can move on to Clyde Edwards Elaire. Another nice performance from him. Yeah. He looked fucking awesome, honestly. That that run, I love at the end of the game when he kind of just had two hands on the ball and was just trying to get tackled in bounds and not fumble. I can't believe he didn't score a touchdown. I was texting <laughs> Wells. I was yeah. like, because I have Clyde in another league in Dynasty, and I was like, why didn't he score the touchdown there? He just like, kind of was expecting he, he to get hit. Off the races. <laughs> it was yeah. hysterical. But, I mean, it's kind of uh, at a, a team that is scarce on skill position, like quality players in Kansas City, like, it's mind-boggling to me that they don't get this guy involved more. Like, he only had 12 touches this week. Like, I just would love to see what he could do if he got, like, a 15, 20-touch per game output because I think right now he's already the RB5 on the year. Like, I would just love to see if the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from, or Hilaire from LSU show up. It's just I think they were down for a good majority of this game i think once we see some blowouts or just teams that they can just easily run all over i think reed will get them the ball a little more especially but he only had 10 touches last week too valid so regardless he's putting up points he's producing per carry i trust andy reed more than myself i mean the guy knows what he's fucking doing on offense so (laughs) yeah just a fucking arm uh armchair gm so yeah, so I, I don't know. If I'm him, I slide him into the RB2 and then kind of figure out the flex. But it, it, it's a good problem to have, I'd say, if he's if you're struggling to kind of get him in your lineup, like your, your team's looking okay. Yeah, and I would say there's not much to talk about on the bench for Wells besides 
my boom of the week for him was Miles Sanders, who I thought looked really good yesterday. But yeah, like, the Eagles in general. The Eagles just absolutely shit on Minnesota and mm-hmm. hurt. This is the issue. Like, Miles Sanders is a really good running back, but then Hurts really hurts his upside. I kind of wish he would have gotten a touchdown because I was very adamant that Miles Sanders is good. He still was a better play over Cordero, but uh, I don't know. 20, like, 20 touches is great to see. And, like, the one thing about Miles Sanders I will say is, like, he's clearly the number one running back this year. It doesn't seem like Gainwell and Boston Scott are really going to interfere with his touches is really just hurts who he's competing with yeah thank god no fucking boston scott that guy is just a giant (laughs) killer (laughs) but uh yeah that's pretty much it for this matchup i'd say nothing really to add there so we can move on to steve versus muller you want to let's start with the winner here um trey lance obviously instantly injured Shout out Muller back to back weeks of injured quarterback and yeah, still Trey losing. Unzoned and almost like a blessing in disguise for Steve to lose this guy because I don't know. I, I would have been worried kind of going into week three if Trey Lance had another stinker because it's like you almost would have had to hold on to him because of his upside compared to other guys on the waiver wire, but. I think that Steve now has a chance to kind of hit the waiver wire strong and get like a better option at QB. Yeah, there's there's no decision to be made now. You know, it's he's got to go try to get a top yeah. guy based on matchup or whatever kind of logic he wants to execute there. So not nothing really to say about Lance. Definitely a shame. You, you kind of would like to see him in his first starting year to at least know. So sucky situation but did you see yeah, him it making sucks. it rain after uh the first game pretty funny yeah <laughs> like who does that shit you lost he lost in the rain stri- big strip James club Harden guy oh, we'll get James to him Harden, later we'll get yeah. to him later okay okay <laughs> but uh, i guess moving on eckler he was my boom of the week uh honestly like i'm not even gonna take credit for him on the 18 points because like i would say like eight of those points came on dump offs at the end, like in garbage time of this game. Um, Definitely a little concerning that Eckler is not kind of performing at the same pace as last year, but I'm not necessarily worried because he still is like the clear kind of number one guy in the backfield. Yeah. The fact that it was garbage time is a little scary, but an 18.4 is a nice return to form for him. And you imagine he gets in the end zone at some point against some crappier competition. So I I think that's a wait and see for me, I'd say. I don't know if he's going to live up to this first round draft capital is what I'm fairly certain of. It doesn't seem like a lot of running backs are so far this year. It's tough. It's just tough when you go RB in the first and they don't really do it for you. Then you're still kind of filling a hole that you kind of needed filled you know yeah moving to kareem hunt it seems like this week was just the chub week you know week one hunt got the touch got the touchdowns and then this week yeah chub gets all three i I think that's gonna kind of be the coin flip you play with hunt and chub ideally i would like chub to have more of those weeks yeah but it's almost like having them both be so effective almost helps the other out 
Yeah, so, no, they'll be able to run all over pretty much everybody, I imagine. Yeah, and he still did have 15 touches. It's just like if he converts a touchdown on one of those touches, like yeah, it's just who gets the a, a the touches in the lead. red zone. They clearly yeah. don't like Brissett throwing He's it inside Green the Hunt 20. Is like a great guy to have. Um, oh, I thought you were going to stop at great guy. <laughs> no, absolutely not a great guy. Um, he's a great guy to have uh, like as like that RB3 on your team because it's like you could put him in there any any week and like know that like you're not going to get a, a real dud out of him. Like he's involved enough to get you kind of like a 10-point performance as an RB2, which is what you'd want. But then he has that upside of those 30-point weeks where he just goes off. That being said, with Aaron Jones, I, let's just jump down to Aaron Jones while we're talking about running backs. I think, like, with Jones and Eckler, does Hunt get a ton of burn in the flex if you're Steve? I think if you look at his other options outside of... I guess we can maybe talk about Devonta Smith a little bit because he looked a lot better this week. I think Kareem Hunt would be someone who I'd probably slate in there over Damian Harris. Yeah, Most the bench weeks. is a little scary. And Devontae Smith, I would probably, going into next week, it would be a wait and see on Devontae Smith to see if he still stays so involved. Um, Hertz did have, like, he pretty much, we'll talk about him later, but he pretty much shut up everything I've said about him Yeah, coming into the year. But uh, I think Hunt is, like, a solid flex option, considering Steve's other players on his team. Fair. And then quickly, just Aaron Jones, I think... The fantasy points aren't as high as some of these other guys, but he's right up there for the best guy I saw on the field the entire yeah, he weekend. Awesome. He was and incredible. It just sucks because it seems like this is like a almost like a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb light situation where they're very adamant on having both running backs involved there. So I don't know how often Aaron Jones is going to have these boom weeks as opposed to kind of like a middle of the pack week. Um, if the he Packers' great, offense though. isn't churning, though, and it's only going with Aaron Jones, though, how do you split carries? And and I was a guy I, I who know. said I mean, A.J. Dillon would eat say, in. Yeah. but LaFleur did say last week that he wanted to get Jones way more touches this week, so obviously he stayed true on that statement. It wasn't just coach speak, but A.J. Dillon still out-touched Aaron Jones. Really? I did not know yeah. that. He out-touched him. I think he had 19 touches compared to Jones' 18 which I think a majority of it came, like, when they were trying to run out the clock, if I remember correctly. So, like, maybe, like, five or six of those carries aren't real carries, you know? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think both, it, like, Aaron, it's similar to Hunt. Like I said, Hunt and Chubb, it's just in Green Bay now. Fair, fair. Then we'll go to receivers. Deontay Johnson, a nice 13.7 but you probably want a little more from your wide receiver one. My issue with Pittsburgh in general is they just do not throw the ball downfield in any yeah. capacity, it seems. Yeah, I mean, this is this is literally what, like, I had Debo last year and I had Deontay, and, like, I loved Deontay last year because Big Ben over-targeted him and threw it deep all the time or as much as he possibly could with his noodle arm. It just seems like Mitch's strongest throw is the equivalent of Big Ben's noodle arm. So, See, I don't think he has a weak arm. It's just it seems like the training wheels are kind of on him. And I know their OC's yeah. excuse with Big Ben for kind of the vanilla playbook was, I need a mobile quarterback. It's like, well, you got it. And your offense is arguably the most boring in the league, I'd say. Yeah, it's... I, I, I don't know. I just don't know. 
Mitch Trubisky is, is clearly like the bridge guy there. So Deontay still getting peppered targets. This is exactly what you're, what I expected from him to have a high floor, but I just don't think he's ever going to give you like those boom weeks. I, I would really love to see. I, I mean, you got to imagine that the Steelers will at some point give Kenny Pickett an opportunity this year. Right. Or, or do you think that they're, gonna I was just going to ask year? you, what does the Steelers record need to be for you to go to Pickett? I don't think Tomlin cares about the record, to be honest with you. I think he's just going to play. Like, he seems like the type of coach who will actually play whoever looks better in practice. So I think he's, like, the type of coach where if Kenny Pickett for a few weeks is looking better than Trubisky in practice, like, he's going to start him. I don't think he's a – I don't think he's the type of coach. Yeah, he's not, like, married to the draft capital of players. I think he's legitimately one of those coaches who will play who he thinks is the best player. I mean, we'll see. He's so, never really been in the situation where he's had to develop a guy. like he's I'd just be shocked if the Steelers ben. are, like, a 5-12 and 12 team. They're just not They might that be. I, I don't know. I think they're... Well, no, I guess TJ Watt, that defense Watt. is way less scary. And if they're not scoring points... I. I don't see a ton, a ton of wins, but I, I would think if they're like clearly out of the playoff race, that yeah, Kenny then it's Pickett a no-brainer earlier. But the thing with Tomlin is, it's like it's not like he has to play Kenny Pickett for any sort of job security. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's really just like whenever he feels that Kenny Pickett's right. I don't think they're in any rush to get him out there. Um. I would just love to see like what he has because he was the first quarterback off the board this year. Um, and Pittsburgh has a great organization. Like I'd be shocked if they can't develop, you know, another quarterback. Mm-hmm. We'll move on to Christian Kirk, who shut me up. E- even though I wasn't necessarily a full hater, it was just kind of a a throw-in joke, I'd say for the the preview. But <laughs> the best we've seen out of Trevor Lawrence, at least that I can remember can sit for a, a whole game consistently i i thought they looked good i, I know indy and their offense just kind of did nothing but that he got a number one guy involved he was getting evan ingram involved yeah. james I, robinson I involved they looked good look good i love that the jaguars look good because it just goes to show urban how much meyer. of a stinky <laughs> fuck urban meyer is like holy shit guy like it's just good to see that, like, one, Urban Meyer really was that bad. Two, Trevor Lawrence might actually, you know, live up to some of his draft type. And three, like, I've always thought Doug Peterson was a pretty good coach. So it seems yeah. like Jacksonville is already that much better with Peterson there. And, like, believe it or not, like, Jacksonville looks like the best team in the AFC South. I'd be hyped year. for them. I'd be so, so hyped if they want it. Like this, this is like a nobody expected the Jaguars to win the AFC South. I think most people thought that the Colts were going to run away with it, or the Titans were going to compete for it. But through weeks, Jacksonville looks the best, and you know what? Christian Kirk, with his Galladay esque contract, is performing, you know, above expectations. And I think in two weeks, he's already been more productive or scored more touchdowns than Galladay has in two years. So like. 18 targets through two weeks. He's got two touchdowns on the year already. And it seems like Trevor Lawrence has already found like his number one guy there. So, I, I mean, I like Christian Kirk moving forward, especially if he's going to get peppered with targets. Yeah. And I, I'd say we kind of talked about everyone else with Jones and the flex. Taysom Hill, 
a nice cheeky tight end play. It's the fact that they're still classifying him as that. I, I'm just mad I didn't think of it in like the 14th round to do it. It didn't pay off this week, but yeah, Steve really got a taste of these nuts this week, so <laughs> kind of deserve that for starting this fucker. I guess just quickly at the bench, Mooney and Herbert. We we kind of got into the Bears earlier, but if the Bears aren't going to throw it, then Mooney's just not going to live up to kind of what he wanted him to be, I imagine. And then Herbert. It seems like it, it is Montgomery's backfield, so slight cause for concern. Devontae Smith, a nice waiver pickup. I don't know why Trav pulled the plug on him super quick, but... Yeah. Um, And then Damian Harris, a nice game, but I don't know. I, I think the Patriots are kind of... Those were just the two shittiest offenses, at least for what I like watching. Giants are probably up there, too, honestly, but... Yeah, it was like a war of attrition, basically. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a... A Big Ten game at best. Yeah, but um, I don't have too to much win. more on yeah. uh, this side. I think we can go talk about Mueller's stinky squad. Yeah, this this could be the last place team. Yeah, I uh, think this is the early fate. But I mean, I think it's between him and Husser still. Fuck Husser. <laughs> I don't care what he says. I still think his team's bad. But yeah, I think uh, what an absolute stinky performance by Mueller here. Like just absolute letdown all over the place. <laughs> And I'm just going to start it off with – we can get back to Brady. I'm just going to start it off with, like, my bust of the week here was Ezekiel Elliott, and I couldn't have been more right. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to get going really at all. I mean, we – yeah, we contained McCaffrey and um, – what's his name? Fucking Derrick Henry. I, I don't imagine Ezekiel Elliott having a big game against us, really, especially if no. teams are going to try to stop the run with just Cooper Rush. Yeah, and on top of that, it just seems like at least where the, with how bad the Cowboys' offensive line is, I really think that Tony Pollard is the guy that they should be playing more. He had the best play of the day. Yeah, and it seems like he, at least with Cooper Rush, is going to be a little bit more involved. So, like, if I had Zeke, like, you're already two weeks late on selling him now. Like, it's almost like I'd you- almost cut cut my losses and just put Pollard in moving forward to be honest that's just so scary because he could just look like such a bozo on any given week but I just think that he's got more receiving upside than Zeke and it seems like at least I don't disagree Pollard's got a little bit more burn to him right now I don't but disagree yeah, I just wanted but... to start with Zeke we can go back to Brady um I don't it's know just... if you have any thoughts on Brady they they were out of sync for uh, honestly kind of two weeks in a row now i know new orleans gives them fits especially in that building kind of all the time but next week you're looking at a mike evans suspension potentially the other receivers injured it just doesn't seem like he's gonna be breaking 20 super often unless it's some weak competition i i don't know i'm fairly down on brady fantasy wise yeah, i imagine they'll I, still be in there at the end of the season like i'm not saying the bucks suck but i think that they need to figure out their offense because it seems like they have a litany of guys who are hurt that you have julio jones hurt obviously i mean i don't think he ever plays fully healthy you have mike evans probably missing this week i know he had the appeal i don't know if that went through or if he got unsuspended but i know he appealed the one game suspension so i would think um i don't know brady i'm i'm down on i i think it at least for like he's gonna figure it out in november you know like this team isn't gonna be bad um because their defense is just too good to like have them be a bad team but yeah 
I don't know, for the foreseeable future, like, I would almost feel more comfortable playing, like, Tua off of the waivers. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kirk Brady. Cousins on the bench there. Yeah, I would love to say Kirk Cousins, but, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I literally am, I hate Kirk Cousins. One I've of the most laughably bad performances I've ever, yeah, he, he could have thrown eight interceptions. <laughs> I'm not yeah, even kidding. Yeah, he was terrible yesterday. <laughs> that was so um, funny. But, yeah, uh, he's a, this is why Mueller is just looking bad. It's like he's got a lot of holes to fill, and like your fab, but like, and the holes that he needs to fill are at running back and quarterback, which is like quarterbacks are like Troy probably got the best streaming option in Carson Wentz. You can maybe make a play for Tua on the waivers this week, but at running back, like, you're basically just praying that there's an injury. Um, or, you know, maybe somebody like Brees Hall on his bench, like, takes a commanding lead in that backfield because he did look good this week but uh yeah honestly looking at his bench it looks like he may be able to push a few buttons but it's just the the guys he drafted up up top are just seemingly going to disappoint a bit i don't think mccaffrey looked bad at all i think i thought he looked really good against the giants i just think it's just ben mcadoo is a fucking weenie Mm-hmm. And again, another team that just didn't run on first down against us. And he was getting, I feel like, six. I know the numbers aren't going to say six, seven a clip, but every time he ran, it's an instant second and four. And then instead, no, he was just, getting about six yards, 15 yeah. for a 102, like six there yards a carry. So, I mean, he, he looked good. And he looked good when he had the ball, like when they were passing him the ball. It's just like, I've never seen like that offense. Like, I'm honestly shocked how much worse it looks than it did last year. It's the Ben um, McAdoo effect. We know that all too well. It's the Ben well. McAdoo effect. And I just think Matt Rule is too busy drooling He's an on his idiot to actually call like good offensive schemes and plays. So I'm really out on Carolina this year. Like after seeing them play for two weeks now, like I mean, listen, it's tough. You run into the Browns defense, which is pretty good, and then a Super Bowl defense in the Giants. So it is tough. But I don't know. How are you not giving Christian McCaffrey? Like I, I understand he got 19 touches. How is he not getting like tw- not touching the ball like twenty five times? Twenty five against a defense easily. that struggles against running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. And the thing is, I thought they were just kind of babying him in, not trying to get him hurt and not giving him touches. Fine. He looked But the great, thing though. is, like the other running backs, they're getting like three carries, so it's not even like a yeah. splitting the touches. It's just you're not calling touches. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's I'm just not out. everybody term, in Carolina. But... I have DJ Moore. I'm completely out on on everybody there right yeah now. they got to blow that thing up but i guess moving down we we kind of already talked about mike evans like it kind of sucks that he got i think he got into the fight like what in the first quarter no it was towards the end of the game okay it was the towards that was yeah. like the softest fight ever to get a suspension from the yeah it was kind of like the the trilogy fight in like ufc where the third one isn't as great as the originals but yeah still waiting on diaz versus mcgregor three <laughs> keep waiting yeah yeah i mean no. he had the he had the big play i i expect mike evans to kind of fill in fine once the bucks get cooking a little bit but yeah, I suspension think like early and october, then i think october november time like brady and evans will be the thing is up. can muller kind of wait till october november with an owen no start, i think muller will be know? out of it by then um so. just looking at his team but th- we'll talk about it when we get to his bench but i, I think he could have some you know potential outliers here um that could fix the scheme but we'll see um but yeah evans i think you account for him to miss a game due to injury every year it's just that you know he's gonna get suspended instead this time so 
I think you're probably like expecting him to miss a game. So at least he's missing a game, not because he's hurt. Fair. Terry McLaurin, a 12.2 is not going to bury you, but I don't know if he's going to be Terry wide receiver one that he previously was. I was completely wrong, honestly. I was kind of saying, I think in the first episode where I think McLaurin, I, I don't, I didn't think like Dotson or any of these guys kind of would eat into his production, but it seemingly is. Dotson yeah. seemingly is very legit. He's getting red zone, tar- or I don't even know if red zone targets, just big plays thrown his way. And McLaurin, I mean, he's still produced, I guess, back to back weeks. Stud, like as a wide receiver, but he it, still it just, did have eight targets. He's it's not just, getting force fed like he yeah, usually was. His upside was. is limited, and like I think it's one. It's like Dotson is a is a good guy that they added this year, but it's also went to spreading the ball around. Like he's he's clearly like almost everybody on the Washington offense performed pretty well this week from a fantasy perspective. And then on top of it's like like you said, McLaurin used to get force fed, you know, option like receiving yards and and targets and things. Now that he's actually got good players around him, it's it's kind of less. There's less need for him to be like that monster receiver. He's still a great receiver. Like and I think this is like. It sucks that his upside is limited, but like it's almost like it's better for Washington as a team that they have so many options, you know? So it's like from fantasy perspective, it sucks. Um, the only other thing I'll say is like I drafted Curtis Samuel last year expecting him to play like he is now, like being a real option. And like Ron Rivera loves him. I think we said that last week when we were talking about Rass picking him up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's good for the Washington offense that like these guys are getting involved. I hate Washington, but like, I don't know. It's a better f- real football thing than a fantasy football thing. From a fantasy football thing, it really sucks if you drafted McLaurin. Yeah, I guess he's still hit. gonna have the boom weeks. It's just it depends. It's they're gonna be fewer and far between. Yeah, I I'd agree with that. So, yeah, I, I don't know if, what you do with Mueller, but I think you do start kind of thinking of moves you can potentially make to kind of help out the team otherwise i think he kind of might be in too big of a hole i think he's got good wide receiver def here that he can maybe make a move for like a better running back mm-hmm. so we'll see moving on to fryer it looks like he hit here i think he's just a nice security blanket for mitch and whatever kind of shitty quarterback play you get not not saying pickett's gonna be shitty but He's what I what uh tight end ranking is he? So he's six after two weeks. Nothing to spit yeah, out. Yeah, he's there. like similar to Deontay, where he's just gonna get peppered with targets. So that's good news, Paul. And then Judy, I guess we can finish up here with Judy. Um, yeah, he got, he got hurt. hurt in the first quarter. Like, yeah, he looked great last week. I, I think he's day to day, so he'll probably be back next week. Um, I'm not concerned about Judy because it seems like. Wilson is going to feed his wide receivers when we talk about Sutton later. But um, I really – we just went through all of Muller's starting lineup, and I'm, like, most interested in his bench because I yeah. feel like he has a lot of good assets here. Like, he should just turn off the section in his brain where he's making the choices of who to start and just, like, start people that he's thinking that shouldn't start if you look at his bench this week. I mean, his, I imagine his he makes bench that. outscored his starting lineup this week, basically. Yeah, if you fact, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Drake London looked fucking awesome. We'll get to kind of Kyle Pitts with my team and my pain, but 
London seems to be every single every single thing you could expect from him as like a top ten wide receiver pick. Yeah. He's big, red zone yeah, targets. Yeah, a lot of good rookie wide receivers well. this year. I might have to eat some crow on the rookie wide receivers just for this year, though. Uh, just this just year. Just for this year. Every other year they sucked. I like Brees Hall a lot too. It still is a share with Michael Carter, but I like him like in between the tackles, just getting up I field. Think he's, he's physically creeping into the like same thing you saw with Garrett Wilson this week. I think he's slowly creeping into like the Jets need to play these guys. Like yeah. they need to get some burn. They need to be on the field because like their offense is better with these playmakers. Like get out of your head, Salah. Like play the guy who's better. Like Brees Hall is better. Than Michael Carter, fucking play him. Yeah, I, Michael Carter was also a high draft pick as well. He's not so. bad. It's just like, it, like it, it's just like, you should be surrounding your quarterback with playmakers. Like, so even if, like if Brees Hall and Michael Carter are both good, like they should be on the field as much as possible. You know, like get these guys like Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore involved. Like, the Jets' offense like isn't short of actual like good players at skill positions. Like. They just need to execute better. And I think they did a lot better this week. I, I'm i really excited to see what the Jets look like when they bring back Wilson. Yeah, because... that's, that's the main thing. It just sucks that we're seeing all this with Flacco. Granted, probably the win of basically the biggest win since that uh, Decker walk-off against the Patriots yeah, like Flacco seven years ago. Yeah, Flacco owns the Browns. He owns the Browns. It was a dope win, but I do just want to see it with their actual quarterback, you know? Yeah. Just to kind of see what they actually are. Or if they need someone next year, because I think the Jets have good pieces yeah. there. It's just like, do they need a quarterback? It's like the big question. I'm sure Raz wants to see Wilson, too. Yeah, anyone would. Yeah. And then la- the- last note, we spent a lot of time on Muller, but Traylon Burks looks good, too. They need to get him the fucking yeah, ball. Yeah, they need to get him the fucking ball is right. I said it last week, too. I said, Traylon Burks looked like the best receiver on the field when he played the Giants, and once again this week, he looked like the best receiver on the field playing the Bills. Like, you yeah, granted they got routed, but like he had like three catches in the first quarter, Traylon Burks, and then just like it was a game no at that t- point. Pretty much, yeah, no touches. Pretty much the rest of the game. Like mm-hmm. Tennessee has to figure it out because I think Traylon Burks is a good receiver. So I guess we'll see moving forward. But yeah, I I think uh, Muller has options on the bench. Um, and I think he can maybe – his biggest hole is running back, and I think he could fix that. Uh, potentially if Zeke goes – like doesn't get as much playtime moving forward or if he can maybe package Zeke or Pollard with like some other assets. Like he has some good receivers maybe to get a better running back. Yeah, no, I agree. He'll have, he'll have to do something, but yeah, it, it's rough for him right now. Let's move on to Curtis V. Husser. We'll start with Husser. Um, I don't know if you want to kind of apologize or kind of double down. What's what's your stance on Team Husser here? Um, I still think that Husser's team is bad. I'm not going to apologize or, you know, I'm going to literally, I'm, I have nothing to apologize. I don't feel bad for what I said, and I'll continue to say it. I think Husser has one of the worst teams in the league, and... Just because my boom of the week, Mike Williams, actually went off this week doesn't mean that this is going to be the case moving forward. I just think that Curtis had a pretty down week from a few of his biggest like key guys, which I don't see being the trend moving forward. 
I mean, we could start it off. Let's talk about Joe Burrow because um, I have this written down. Um, I'm extremely concerned that through two weeks their offensive line doesn't look any better than it, it did last crazy. year. It's crazy. It looks worse, yeah. and they revamped it. It's I, I, it's like one of those things where it's like, is the offensive line bad? Is Joe Burrow taking too many sacks, or is it no, like I... it, it's two weeks into the season? Like maybe they just need a few more weeks to get the gel going, but like. Do you want to hear something crazy that I looked at today, Billy? Yeah, I think I Do you know how many that, times but... last year uh, Joe Burrow was sacked? Yeah, go go, just rip the okay. stat. I know that. <laughs> he was sacked 51 times last year in 2021, and I, I think this is just a regular season. Right now he's on pace to get sacked 110 times this year. Yeah. He's got 13 sacks in two games, which is like he already had the injury his rookie year like the Bengals need to figure it the fuck out protect this guy like figure something out because like you can't have this guy get sacked six times a game moving forward like you're not going to be successful that way. yeah it, he's not going to like to hear this but like it, it's almost reminiscent of like an Andrew Luck sort of situation where he had yeah. the deep run, and then it's just like you gotta protect him. You, you can't just waste this talent. They're giving him a ton of like two safety looks, so these deep plays don't really aren't developing like they kind of were last year. And then by the time they do, he's already on his back. So I mean, they just need to rework what they're doing on offense. I'm not out on the Bengals, but I will no, be if they just kind of keep these are throwing one of those, the same this is one shit of those at the two teams. Yeah, like they're gonna figure it out. It's not like their division is that strong. You know, I think the Ravens three, are good. It's, but... yeah, it's three. Well, the Ravens just got absolutely, you know, dicked on by the Dolphins. Up yeah. 21 in the fourth quarter. Fair. Which is exactly what their issue was last year is blowing second half leads. So I don't know. I'm not out on the Bengals at all. I think they definitely still have the best team in the AFC North. It's just like, I don't know. I've always thought Zach Taylor was kind of a shitty coach. So maybe that's the issue. But. They need to figure it out, and they need to figure it out soon because they have the Jets this week, which could be a get-right game. But I'm not so sure after how good the Jets looked against Cleveland this last weekend. And then they have Miami and Baltimore. Ugh. So, like, you're looking at a potential 0-5 start for the Bengals. So they need to figure something out. Like, they have this week to get right against the Jets, potentially. But if Burrow's getting sacked six times a game, like, they're they're not making the playoffs. Yeah, I'd agree there. Fantasy wise, yeah, he, he's gonna be capped if he's not yeah. if he doesn't have the explosive plays because he he doesn't run as well as a lot of and these they're top heavily five relying guys. upon those big plays. Like, yeah, that's what they they're, they're what not their bread and butter was. Yeah, so we'll we'll see there, but yeah, it's it's gonna be disappointing if he's not throwing four touchdowns a game fantasy wise for Burrow owners. I'd say can move. Yeah, to I would Dal- definitely be looking at different options on the waiver wire for sure. Hmm. Let's move to Dalvin Cook quickly. Disappointing. The yeah, Vikings one of the more disappointing. Terrible. I'm fairly worried about Dalvin Cook. It, it's hard for me to evaluate Dal- Dalvin Cook because him and fucking Madison look exactly the same, and I don't know either of their numbers. And their the numbers are both game. single digits. I think yeah, Dalvin Cook it confuses the hell out of me. Two, and then they both look exactly the same. <laughs> but you're 100 percent right. Um. I'm not out on Dalvin Cook, but I definitely will say like this is one of the bigger letdowns this week because Detroit was able to run all over Philly and the Vikings just got completely outclassed in every phase of the game. So for a guy that you took like I think he was like the sixth pick or something, you know, like for a guy you took that high, like 
it's, through it's two scary. weeks, he hasn't returned at all on his investment. So it's scary, but it's just like I think the Vikings' offense is better than what they showed yesterday in Philly. So it's like a wait and see kind of thing. I'm definitely less worried about Dalvin Cook than I am about Derrick Henry. I guess I would say. Really? See, yeah. I'd I'd rather have Henry right now than Cook. Personally, I just think that. I just think that the Vikings have a better offense overall than the Titans. Um, and I think Kirk Cousin has proven that, like, even if he's not a great quarterback, like, he can score points. So, I I don't know about the Titans, though. I, it, they look lost this year so far. Fair enough. A.J. Dillon, I, I think Cusser just listened to the pod too much and <laughs> kind of blew a little too much air in his tires to start, I'd say. I I would have probably just really stuck it out with options. ETN probably yeah i guess i don't i kind of would have started dylan i mean he got 19 touches he had more touches than jones it's just jones had the game you know it's like like i said like it's just gonna be like that playing with fire camaro chubb kind of situation here so that's tough i'd say um don't really have a ton to say it's tough to only get seven (laughs) points on on 19 carries like that's kind of a shitty output for you yeah we we kind of broke this down i guess with aaron jones earlier but yeah yeah if i'm him i'm putting michael carter michael carter is a similar situation too i I think it goes back to what we were making fun of him for he he had all the handcuffs and then it's just like yeah what the fuck are you gonna do week i just don't know who he wants like this is why i'm saying i'm not apologizing for what i said about his team like just because you got a fluke win over bum curtis doesn't mean that you're gonna you know become good all of a sudden um CD Lamb, he was my bust of the week because we just, like you said, we already talked about Dylan. He was my bust of the week this week. Um, I don't care that he got 15 points. He's still a bust in my eyes, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back up. I'm gonna take that as a win. 15 points, bust. I think that's um, fine to see with Cooper Rush as your quarterback, but yeah, yeah he's I mean, not gonna have the huge 40 point games with Cooper Rush, I imagine. Yeah, you just kind of got. I'm obviously memeing like that's probably way higher of an expect. Like no, my yeah, expected I... output for for him was like maybe like eight points. So to actually get in the double digits, like and be like a middling kind of wide receiver, isn't te- technically a bust. But for where you're drafting CD Lamb this year in the second round, like you want something more out of your wide receiver one. No doubt, and Mike Williams, the huge game, which is great. It was with Keenan Allen out, but I think kind of that big play down the field is kind of still going to be his role regardless. Like Keenan Allen, I think, is kind of your crossing routes, your slot guy sort of thing. Mike Williams is still going to be the big play guy on the outside. It scares you with the dud in week one, but I I think we'll see more of this with Mike Williams moving forward, and I I think he can kind of have those huge games to keep Husser in some of these weeks personally yeah my concern about Williams is like I had him as my like play like I thought he was gonna have a great week and he did have a great week but like he was completely irrelevant in the second half of that game so like it almost concerns me that like he was completely taken out of the equation in the second half especially when the Chargers kind of really needed kind of like a big play in the second half to like keep that lead and everything so I think his upside is limited if Keenan Allen is there because it's very clear that that's uh, Herbert's preferred target. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much like you live and die uh, in the flames play. here of Mike Williams. Yeah. 
Dallas Goddard, I think he'll be one of the better tight ends. I think Philly. Yeah, just, I thought he looked really good yeah. yesterday. That that play on the sideline, it, it just seems like he has won every game where it's just 20 yards downfield, he catches, and then there's just no one in his vicinity, and he's able to just fucking backflip over somebody. So, yeah, it's like Goddard this year might actually live up to like what people have been like. People have been hoping that he would take over like that Zach Ertz level of yeah. player in Philly the last few years. So maybe this year it's, he finally does. But I, I mean, it's hard like to say anything bad about anything in the Philly offense because like I thought Devonta Smith looked good. I thought AJ Brown looked good. I thought Hertz looked like they looked great yesterday. You know. Yeah. And then, I, I mean, the rest of this team, I don't really have a ton to talk about. It's just so many kind of eh options that he's going to have to figure out week by week. Michael Carter may be falling out of favor if they kind of lean on Brees. ETN, yeah, that's, that's my opinion, is I think Michael Carter is like, I think he's out. trending on his way out. Yeah. ETN only had 8.3 this week. But I expect they gotta get him involved more in the passing game. It's just James Robinson. He's still getting twelve targets. Uh... Like he's still getting twelve touches. So like they're clearly, clearly he's a part of the offensive plan. Like maybe they're kind of slowly involving him because I want to say it's because he's coming off that injury. But James Robinson's coming off an Achilles, so it's like I don't know. Doug Peterson is such an an old school guy. Like I could almost see him wanting to run James Robinson every week. You know. And but I think ETN is too talented to like you said like he's gonna get involved a little bit more. He's definitely like a stronghold for me right now. Like I'm I'm definitely not dropping him. I'm definitely not looking to move him because if James Robinson does go down, you know, like you're talking about like a, a surefire like RB RB two like rest of the season in ETN. Yeah, and I guess With, like the RB one op- upside, you know. Yeah. No, I, I think I'd slot him in probably over Dylan and Carter personally, depending, obviously matchup dependent, but he's just going to have to kind of press the right buttons here because I don't imagine all three are going to be booming every week. It's just going to kind of be pick your, not poison, but your winning formula, I guess. And then just looking at his bench, Lockett had a good game. I, I think that's kind of fluky, honestly. I, I'm still down on Lockett. I think that's going to be between him and like Metcalf any given week. And I, like Lockett is also one of those Mike Williams type receivers where like he has like the the huge boom potential, and then also the huge dud potential. So it's like navigating what weeks to actually start him. And then last thing, I'm higher on Ayuk with Jimmy. I think he's kind of i'm for I, sure higher yeah. on everybody past like in the pass catching department for san francisco with jimmy so that could potentially be a play that being said Ayuk didn't necessarily snap last week he was also kind of inconsistent at best last year but if you're yeah. in a pinch and you kind of guess the right week he can get you a nice 25 depending on the touchdowns and whatnot but it's definitely a wait and see with San Francisco. We kind of need a little more sample size to really draw any super hot takes, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I think yeah, we spent good. too much time on Hustlers. Team, <laughs> good honestly. win. I'll, I'll give him credit, and I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll give him credit. He, he won. I'm know? sure when I play Husser, I'll end up having a dud week, and he's going to shove it in my face for the rest of the year. But We'll go over to good. Curtis. Josh Allen, still just awesome <laughs> i have literally nothing to say about Josh. he's he's the, gonna be the mvp this year he just fucking 100% gonna be the mvp darts it 
to Diggs to everybody whenever he, did he this wants. In, he did this in two and a half quarters. Yeah. They took him out with like four minutes left in the third. He was scoring every drive he wanted to. It, it just a, seems he just like people aren't even open and he just can throw bullets like right at people's hands and it's like you can't cover his guys when he's just rocking it to you and then the deep ball accuracy is there the running's there he'll he'll be quarterback one or two it's hard to hard to really argue that yeah like through two weeks right now like it's looking like we're gonna have a repeat of i think it was the 90 91 or 90 super bowl between the bills and the giants so it's gonna be a barn burner for sure steve norwood shout out wide left we'll go on to deandre swift it's quick pivot did you like the uh deandre baker joke in the fastest two minutes oh yeah i love <laughs> i had to have my mic muted the whole time i was fucking hysterically laughing. The, the muted mics i was just like i had right, the music on in the background too i was hysterically laughing word word uh swift is still really good not as good of a week as the week previously again though i saw a couple times where fucking uh williams is getting the goal line touches Swift, though, had the fucking incredible touchdown, the dump off to Goff where, like, he fell down and just ran in. Like, he's just an explosive play machine. He's awesome, and I feel like the Lions kind of are building something, so that's still an RB one and a half, I'd say. Yeah, the Lions scored 35 last week and 36 this week. Yeah, are they, like, the number one offense points-wise? They... (laughs) They're probably up there. I actually do want to go back to the Bills game for a second because I have a a stat here Mm -hmm. that was provided to us. Bills were so good yesterday that the first time they've punted this season was in the third yesterday, and I'm remembering that the guy, Kyle Phillips, fumbled the punt. So it wasn't even really a punt by the Bills yesterday. Like, they shit on the tight end. And there was was a big fuss about uh, their fucking punter getting cut, and, like, he literally wouldn't even be on the field yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, sorry, going back to Swift, like, he was injured, so he only had, like, he only had, it's crazy. He had seven touches and still produced 16 points for fantasy. Like, yeah. what an absolutely insane player. I, I love Swift. I, I've said it every time we talk about Curtis's team on this podcast. Like, I think DeAndre Swift is a fucking beast. And especially with how good the Lions offense looks, it, like, they're getting buy-in from all of their players and their offense looks great. Like, I think Swift, as long as he could stay healthy, like, their next three weeks are against Minnesota, Seattle, and New England. Like, he's gonna have a monster year. Like, in my opinion, I, I, I'm, I'm really high on Swift this year. So, the fact that in seven touches he got 16 points, like, absolute, like, must start every week, and he and he looked great. Yeah, and I guess moving on to the hole in his team is this RB two. Pretty much, I'd say, kind of cost them the game. Granted, Husser's running backs didn't do shit, but paired with the 25 point defense on the other end it's like this was kind of the difference and he's got to figure it out i saw him adding people for running backs i imagine he kind of does something because it's either that well, he or... already denied one of my trades that i sent to him Ooh. today so do you want to air... running back you want to air it out or is it private yeah yeah i, I offered him antonio gibson for <laughs> it was kind of a dickhead trade to be honest with you what we got i offered him antonio gibson for aj brown <laughs> <laughs> something to consider <laughs> sure he thought really long and hard about that no i would have declined it immediately too it was more so a troll trade 
But yeah, I, I don't know if they'll get. They might get the running backs involved. Like it seems like this offense is going to kind of tick. Well, it's just they were down. Stole the starting job from him. Did you know that this week? I didn't know that. What are what are the yeah, touches? Yeah, Mostert like? actually stole. Like he started the game for the Dolphins, and I think Ooh. he out. I think Mostert out touched him. Uh, I I don't have it right in front of me, but I think he out touched him like something like fifteen to five. Ooh. I can get that for you in a second. Yeah, okay. Mostert had eleven carries and three receptions. So yeah, fourteen to Chase Edmonds, six touches. Yeah, so, so I mean, I, was I don't imagine something that has to do with the... the blocking scheme, and I'm not gonna pretend like I know what I'm talking about. But apparently, Chase Edmonds flourishes in like the inside zone running scheme, and their play with Mostert was like he can get to the edges a little bit better than Chase Edmonds. So. I mean, Mike McDaniel seems like a offensive guru, at least through two games. So it could be kind of like the San Francisco situation where, like, you know, any running back on any given week could be the guy they go to, depending upon their opponent. Yeah, whatever. Fuck this I'm guy. Out he's, on Edmonds, he's not going to start him again. So that's a long. Yeah, that's a long way <laughs> for me to say that I'm really out on Edmonds. I, I wouldn't drop him, but he's going to the bench for the foreseeable future. Jamar Chase down week we kind of saw this with a few of the top receivers it's kind yeah, of his weird yeah just limited with burrow being I, on his back the entire game i wouldn't say that it, he had a freak game week one it, it was just a weird game against dallas like i they dallas were down Steve what 17 good. to 3 instantly and then i, I kind of just fully expected the Bengals to just come back the whole time and then they were just struggling for every single yard. It, it was weird. I I mean, Dallas's defense is good, and Parsons is like an absolute monster. Yeah. So, I don't know. Through two weeks, Dallas has made the Bucks and the Bengals' offense look pedestrian. I really and and they played the Steelers last week, so it's like I think that we said they play the Jets next week. Like, if through three weeks the Bengals' offense is still struggling. Like, Jamar Chase, you're never going to be out on because, like, he's literally one play away from giving you a 20-point week, you know? But it's just concerning if you're a Bengals fan, which I only know one, and his name is Troy, so... Yeah, the Jets can rush the passer, too, so I guess it's a little scary, but obviously you're playing Jamar Chase and just kind of hoping for better results. Yeah, you're never benching this guy. I mean, he's going to end up the season like as a as a wide receiver one i imagine so yeah i imagine he's still top five i well, like, it's not a panic button like, but this like similar to Devonte adams i imagine this is one of his worst two weeks of the year yeah like we said Kurt, like kurt's team like his his key players just didn't perform this week it, it's a similar story to him and wells i'd say where they had the yeah. nice week ones and then their guys kind of came down, down to earth a little bit so Similar with AJ Brown, but I wouldn't panic at all. Hurts just looked no. amazing. I, it was the best I game I've seen out of Hurts. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, um, I was reading this, and this is one of my. So the, I actually have two stats here. Do you want to hear the funny one first, or the or the or the real one first? The funny one. Okay. So the reason why AJ Brown went to the medical tent, I don't know if you saw that notification. It was because he had to take a shit in the middle of the game. Been there. He had to like take a shit after his IV before the game, so that's the only he wasn't injured at all. Like he literally just had to take a dump. Now, do those um, make you poop typically? IVs? I don't know. Uh, is is it like coffee? You know, like if I literally just smell a cold brew, I think it's like, just I'm like electrolytes and later. stuff. 
Yeah, maybe like being hydrated. I, I have no idea. Maybe Ooh. it was just nerves before the game, and he, and he had the IV, so he didn't have time to potentially you know, do a his wet business. one there too. So I mean, that's yeah. something to monitor moving forward. I imagine, but yeah, I don't want to have a mud butt on the field. You can't. Um, but okay. So the real stat though, um, <laughs> and this is why like I'm so high on AJ Brown. So I, I really do want him from Curtis. So I'm willing, Curtis, by the way, to make a trade for one of my running backs. Just not saquon barkley like he's absolutely off the table um i he was uh sorry i keep getting ahead of myself um last night he was hurts first read on 43 percent of his passes and he still led the eagles in targets even though he didn't have as big a game as week one like he's clearly like the definitive option there and hurts looked absolutely amazing last night throwing the ball so like aj brown like he's probably gonna end the year i would imagine as like a, a top 12 wide receiver yeah I'd, i i wouldn't really wouldn't really argue that just a weird down week and i mean good on him kind of getting them both out of the way and again yeah he was letting devonta smith get his game. touches in yeah yeah and hertz was spreading the ball around like quez watkins had like that long touchdown like yeah, you gotta imagine stinks. in future weeks that's an aj brown or a or a devonta smith touchdown you know like yeah the eagles just completely outclassed the fight like he didn't even need to be good and he still was good it's like the funniest thing about this like holy shit dawson Knox, nice bounce back again just kind of a middle tier tight end yeah but he, he's on the kind of what you want from him yeah he did have that injury scare earlier I saw them like for people with like foot foot thing, you know, like a foot thing, like they were rubbing his feet on the sideline. So uh, maybe something to monitor moving forward. But he did get back into the game and catch a few balls. So he almost had a touchdown, too, if I remember correctly. Like he got tackled out at like the four or five yard line, if I remember. Yeah. Moving to DK, I think this I don't know. I, I'm still on my DK underwhelming year take he's gonna bounce back which you know i promise you we'll he's playing see. atlanta this upcoming week i'm telling you okay. it's coming i mean that, that's a baby matchup so we'll see but kind of weird but seattle just i don't even remember an offensive play from them he had he had a sick one-handed like, like 50 yard bomb that great got too. called back but yeah i don't really have anything to say about seattle's offense it was just kind of not there listen if you saw the news this week, P. Carroll said that he needs to let Gino cook. So as soon as he gets the ball in Gino's hands a little bit more often, you're going to see bigger weeks from DK. Yeah, that dude's senile. I don't really know about that. <laughs> and then bench, kind of nothing. Nobody I really want to talk about, honestly. Yeah, uh, stinky performance from Lazard. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. Wilson not Packers potentially going to really be the, the trade option that he wanted it to be. Yeah, Wilson with the less than 50% against the Texans. Like, Ugh. Ugh, I wanted Wilson so bad this offseason, and I'm, it's, I don't know. We're, we're going to see. I think Denver's still figuring it out. But they play San Francisco next week. So I'm not exactly liking uh, Wilson in the short term, at least. All right. I'm pretty much done with this one. Congrats, Hosser. You can shove it up, Poe. But let's move on to Proc the Rasp. 
Proc a big with, V little matchup. Proc week. with the 146.68, the highest scorer of the week. Shout out him. Yeah, good for him. Not going to happen too much more, but good for him. <laughs> Stafford, kind of pedestrian-ish game. He still is he, turning the he, ball he's over. Like a streaming, yeah, he's like a streaming level quarterback, so it's like... There's not many people on the waiver wire you're going to get a better option for. So I guess like short term, like Stafford's who he should continue to start. Um, I don't know. He he was still turning the ball over, which is He's an got issue. got five picks already, which is kind of shitty. Yeah. But, but Stafford but, loves throwing interceptions. Yeah. He still he still has the touchdowns the cup seemingly every week forever until they both yeah. die. But The one pro is he actually was spreading the ball around a little bit to Cup, Allen Robinson, and... Higby, so maybe some good signs for his health because I, I I'm still not sure, you know what his elbow situation is or if he's still hurt. But yeah, I mean, 18's not going to kill you. It's not going to win you games, but it's fine, I guess. Najee Harris, kind of pedestrian game again. What did you kind of see out of him? I know you're kind of the Najee hater. Actually, you know, I can save us some time right now on all of these running backs in this situation. So uh, why don't you just fire off their names and I'll tell you exactly what I think of them. All right. Najee Harris. Bust. Josh Jacobs. Bust. <laughs> They're going to be pissed. Are we going to Rasp or? Yep, go to Rasp. Go ahead. Damian Pierce. Absolute bust. Singletary, this is our guy. Yeah, pretty good. I think he should get the ball more, honestly. I think Singletary <laughs> really needs to get more touches. Yeah, he had the worst worst. I'm out on points. every other. I've been out on Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs since we started this podcast, and I will continue to be out on them. I don't really have much to say about either of those guys. I just, I'm very low on Proc's running backs, um, and I've said that Proc typically has good running back depth in this league, so... Just a little surprise with kind of how how big a duds his running backs are so far this year. 2.9 a carry is just the alarming thing because he is getting the touches. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> Their offense, it's just, it's just tough to watch for the most part. I think that Najee Harris would have 20 touches and only put up 13 points for you. Like if, if you said that Najee Harris had 20 touches in a game coming into the season, like you would expect like a 25-point performance. You know, or like a twenty-point performance. So, for where you're drafting Najee versus the return you're getting, like, I just don't. I, I he's still a great player. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just like with Trubisky and this offensive line, like his upside is limited, and that was like my main knock on him coming into this year. And then Jacobs too. It's like they were up twenty or twenty-three to nothing, and then it's just like you're still not able to kind of get him yeah. going and run out clock. Like if he gets going, there is no comeback really, you know? it's just kind of weird the with the Raiders in general. He's just like he wants to Josh McDaniels just wants to be Bill Belichick so badly, like that he's just like, I will to my own detriment not play my best running back or get him going. Instead I'll get Brandon Bolden involved. Like how much Dude. is Bolden eating then? You, you got a stat there? No, I don't. I'm just assuming, to be honest with you. But uh, that's on me. I no, actually, I'm looking at the. There. I'm looking at the carries now. <laughs> Jake had 19 <laughs> carries, and and the only other person who had a carry was Zamir White and Abdullah. Amir Abdullah had a catch for 23 He's yards. Back. So 
maybe maybe the you know i was pretty high on the raiders coming into this year i think it's maybe they just suck billy maybe the raiders are just not good it's possible they could easily have a that was a stink fest yesterday by the way that cardinals raiders game like i don't care the cardinals came back like both of those teams i think stink honestly I almost feel like they're the AFC and NFC equivalents of each other, and then of yeah. course, yeah, I don't know. It's like on paper they kind of should be good, but I think in their divisions and it, they could easily both finish under five hundred. But I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much about just NFL bold takes, but Jacob's just moving forward. Like, how many weeks do you think he breaks twenty over the course of the whole year? I'm. I'd be shocked if it's if it's over eight or nine weeks. Oh, to be honest. well, I mean that that would be a huge season. <laughs> I would say I over, you're gonna go like two, over twenty points. Like he had twenty touches in this game. I guess the other question is like, how many more times is he gonna get twenty touches? Like, you would think with twenty touches he would hit like around like you know fifteen plus points. He's only got nine points. Like, I don't. Uh, yeah, I guess like maybe two or three. Like I'd, I'd have to look at the schedule. Let me look at the schedule real nah, quick. You don't have- give you an. Uh, you don't have to do it now, but I mean, I'm looking at their schedule and like the defenses in the AFC West are pretty damn good this year. So yeah, I I would say like his over under on 20 point games is two and a half. All right, we'll keep track. Stefan Diggs, the good news, he's awesome. He's great. He yeah, he's the legit. Yeah, guy. he's just. <laughs> I don't really know what to say there. He gets the targets everywhere. He made the Titans secondary look pedestrian yesterday. Yeah. He just... And they don't have a bad secondary. They have some young Corey corners. Said. They... Corey said that in the group mate, by the way. Yeah, that, that the that Titans was... have one of the worst sec- one of the worst takes I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean it was dumb because I think he just doesn't really know the players. But that being said, like they did Hooker get to and work. Yard are like two of the, like the those best, are safeties. One of the best safety duos. No, they, yeah, they, but still, I think they are probably know, like, up digs. there as best safety yeah. duos. But they have like young corners. Granted, like they're high draft capital guys, but I mean they got exposed. They, last week I, I mean, maybe it was just, Tennessee just doesn't look that great this year. But <laughs> Diggs just and once again he stopped playing in the third quarter. Imagine what the what his point total would have been if they if this was a competitive game. Yeah, I th- I think they play the Dolphins next week. So if that's just like a fifty oh, to forty five game, I would love for Gabriel dope. Davis to be back for that too. Because that was one thing I did notice in the Buffalo game yesterday is like it was hysterical that McKenzie got no burn. We'll talk about it later. Actually, let's keep, let's keep going. But yeah, Diggs is is looking like he's probably the early favorite for the wire receiver one it's like crazy that last year like it felt like he didn't have a great year he still had a good year yeah he still ended up as like the wide receiver seven so like i don't know if this is like josh allen's mvp season like you're gonna see like Diggs is probably gonna end the year on like a a top three at minimum yeah i'd agree with everything you said there Sutton, the nice day this it seems like he's kind of the only one who really ate on Denver he, there. He benefited from Judy being out Correct. early in the game, but I think I think even last week we talked about how it seems like the all the talk in the offseason was that he's Wilson's favorite target. Um and it seems like he's going to be a pretty solid wide receiver too for you moving forward. And and you know, Proc does have some good wide receiver depth. We'll get into it, but he does have some good wide receivers here. Yeah. 
So that's the good news, and I mean that's what carried him to the win here. Um, the huge performance. You can kind of get over some of those whatever running backs when you have a 44 and uh 20. So Ertz and Ertz a great day as well, tight end wise, 15.5. I imagine he was top two or three off the top of my head. I know Andrews had a nice game, but um yeah, Ertz very solid. Yeah, pretty much what you want. Like he's gonna be a main benefactor of Hopkins being out for the you know short term here for the next four weeks and then he went to hollywood as well in the flex there i don't mm. like that play i think we said going into the week didn't you want him to play hollywood the week one no i said i said that if t higgins isn't concussed that i think you definitely play him okay so he dropped the big play in overtime i think yeah. it was or maybe it was like a fourth and one i or thought something. he dropped a did he drop a touchdown? Uh, no, it was like a big play down the field. Or I remember I that. It. I think it was like it was definitely overtime. I think you're right that it was overtime. But I don't know. I I think it's a fine flex play. I would go Higgins kind of as much as we were kind of do doing on the I'm Bengals. I mean, he was concerned about the concussion. Yeah, he didn't want him to get popped once and have a yeah, zero on and, there and be limited yeah i mean marquise brown's like yeah like you said he's like a fine plug in i don't think he has like the he's got i don't think he has the huge upside at least so i think far. he can have some big weeks he's a fast guy he has some big he play can, potential it's, it's just the cardinals have kind of been broken for like six of the eight quarters of the year the so cardinals far have been broken since like week 12 or 13 Fair. Of last year but i mean th- this is all pretty much in a half I imagine. I don't know how involved he was early, but if the I also Cardinals don't see him kind having of... a huge cap with Hopkins coming back, I guess. Yeah, and I don't I'm think it's his long term his long term answer necessarily. I think Hagan I don't know. I think the Bengals have a better chance of getting it right than the Cardinals, so I'd kinda lean Higgins more, but it worked out fine this week. I mean anytime you're getting double digits just kind of from all your guys, you're in a good good spot overall yeah i think he needs to address the running back situation which again i have literally four or five starting running backs on my <laughs> bench like on my team so please hit me up with trade off yeah and it doesn't look like he has good running back on his depth penny just no. didn't and the get waivers involved. are thin yeah the, the waivers are thin so he and might penny, have to do something but yeah penny you can't start until the seattle offense shows like a little bit more life and i mean we're ripping him but he literally was the top scorer so i don't mean to make it sound like that no i think he has i think he's got great receivers a good tight end good flex options i just think that like if he wants to win the title he needs to have like Najee harris is fine right like you're never gonna not start Najee harris because he could have those weeks where he absolutely booms but I think he just needs a more consistent option at RB2, and then you're looking at, like, a championship-level team this year. Fair enough. But, I mean, if Diggs continues to put up crazy numbers, maybe, you know, maybe we eat crow. But I think if I'm proc right now, the one thing I'm looking at on my team is, like, I need another running back. I don't think I'm crazy for saying that. I think everywhere else he's fine. Nah, I, think he I, don't think back. I don't think he's too upset hearing that. Let's move over to Rasp. Um, it looks like he really found... Really found the guy in Hurts. Yeah, His, probably going to be the, I would imagine, like the QB1 this year. QB1, you think, yeah. over over Allen, over Lamar, Mahomes, all them? 
I think he I think he probably ends up higher than Mahomes because he's got the rushing upside. Um, I he's it's probably I think he'll be up higher than Lamar because Lamar last year kind of had a habit of tapering off. Like he started tapering off kind of later in the year before he got injured. Um, I think Hertz is pro. I think his he's at that like two and a half over under on fantasy QB finish as long as. As long as the Eagles continue to perform how they perform, like he literally made me eat so much fucking shit yesterday with how I was saying he hasn't shown me how he could throw the ball or win the game over the air. And like he literally looked like absolutely awesome passing the ball. And he got he got Goddard involved. He got A.J. Brown involved. He got Devontae Smith involved and he got fucking Quez Watkins involved. And then on top of that, he had an absolutely electric TD run where he yeah. just Kyle drived over. I think it was a corner that it was, so it's like you don't get as many brownie points, not a linebacker, but like he looked every bit of the Jalen Hurts that we're scared that he could be as Giants fans. It seemed like he was just throwing to guys that were wide open, which I mean is credit to him for making the right reads and just it, it just seems like they're a hard team to de- defend yeah, against Daniel with the running Jones threat. That. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll get to him in the Giants segment at the end here, but it just seems like they're they're going to be hard to slow down with with just the threat of him just rolling out. You don't know if he's running or just hitting fucking a Quez Watkins streaming up the middle. It's just yeah, yeah. The and, Eagles' offense looks good and their defense looks just as good. So it's it's dangerous. He's going to have a lot of opportunities as long as that defense continues to you know perform. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Damian Pierce. I, I know you said bust. But yeah, I, I'm not with you on bust. I mean, he was like a sixth or seventh round running back. Yeah, yeah, I'm obviously. But it doesn't look like he's going to be the RB1 that you kind of dreamed he would be. I'd no, say. I think he's I think he's due for some touchdown progression. Like, I mean, he has none, so yeah. Yeah, I, I so he he's, he's due, bit. right? But at least the one thing I will say is like, it seems like Levy Smith realized that bum-ass Rex Burkhead isn't who they should be playing and like hey maybe you should play these rookie guys because this week Damian Pierce had 15 touches or I think 16 touches compared to Rex Burkhead's two so Burkhead was a concern first week so I think if you have Davis Mills you're at least like hey like this is a guy who could be what you drafted him which is like I think you drafted him to be an RB2 right like you're not drafting him to be your RB1 so, like, I don't think he's a bust, obviously, for your draft capital, but you just want to see, like, I said it in the beginning of the year, like, Rass has a really high-floor team. So, like, you would hope that with Damian Pierce getting 16 touches, like, he would hit, like, 12 or 13 points, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. And we'll see how they move the ball more. I, I know Denver's a tough D, but like I said, I, I, I'm i just a little... I, I don't think they're going to be as frisky of an offense as kind of everyone was kind of dreaming they would be we'll see if he kind of gets more he's getting the touches so it's just touches running back touches on a bad team yeah i definitely feel a lot better yeah i definitely feel a lot better after this week having damian pierce because it's like okay they're not playing the rex burkhead experiment like he's gonna get his touches until you know like until they realize like maybe he's not the guy but i mean we'll we'll see i i mean 16 touches is like something where it's like I think you got to keep him in your lineup considering his other options at running back next week. Um, but, like, 
I, I don't know. He's, he, I think he's due for a better better week. And he, they played, like we said earlier about Houston, like they played the Colts and Denver, who, you know, have two of the better defenses in the league. So they have Chicago, the Chargers, and then Jacksonville. Like he's got a few ch- with uh, or uh, with Chicago and Jacksonville. He's got some opportunities here to you know maybe have a better week. Yeah, we'll see. We'll move on to Singletary, who just unfortunately, it just seems like he's never going to get those consistent touches, kind of bouncing off of Damian Pierce, and he is on a good team. It's just they can kind of throw it and score however they yeah, want. Yeah, they're just so and, content with like doing whatever they want on offense. Yeah, so they don't really need to run on first down and get four yards when they can just get 20 down the field instantly. It's just... It doesn't seem does, like. Am I wrong? Like, does he not look like the best back there? He is. Am I no. crazy in thinking that? Like, no. I feel been... like I'm taking fucking crazy pills. <laughs> no, I I agree. It's just, I don't know if the volume is really going to be there, and I don't know how. Like, how often are they going to be on the one? It's like they score from the thirty. Whatever. And they when get they are the on the field. one, they give it to Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah. Because he's fucking six six, two hundred something pounds. Like, I don't know. I I. I... I definitely wouldn't drop Devin Singletary, but like it's hard to stomach putting him in your lineup every week. It's just he's gotta at this point the, yeah. with the two running. They play backs Miami hurt. next week. Let's see if he gets more involved. But like, it's clear that Josh Allen doesn't involve his running backs in the passing game. So like, you really like you need him to get carries. You know, like hopefully maybe they're like, hey, maybe we shouldn't run Josh Allen as much. Like limit the amount of times he gets hit but i mean it's not trending that way it seems yeah yeah i feel bad i think devin singletary is pretty good he had a good second half of last year too like the last five weeks of last year and in the playoffs like he was very useful for them like in the fantasy playoffs so i don't know we'll see i'm i'm gonna continue to ride the devin singletary train until the wheels fall off (laughs) cooper cup another 30 point performance it seems like he is not slowing down at all it doesn't matter how good or bad stafford plays he gets his week in week out it's just a home run pick i think he's easily gonna finish top three receiver we might have said that about seven guys potentially already but a lot of top three guys across the league i think we said that about (laughs) I don't know if we said that about a bunch of guys. No, I think yeah. we said that about I'm Stephon Diggs. But... Eh, whatever. There's there's plenty of people who could end top three. We'll see. He's awesome. He Him and Hurts kept Rasp in this game, I'd say. And, and Curtis I mean, Samuel. They'll... I mean, we'll get to Curtis Samuel. Yeah, but, uh... they'll keep him in most weeks. If, you, if you're getting 60 out of those two, then you just kind of got to figure it out. But, yeah, his concern, like a lot of teams, is definitely going to be running back kind of moving forward. Um, but yeah, we'll go to yeah, Curtis Samuel, I, I think, uh, unless you got something on Cup. Yeah, I, I don't really have much to, on Cup because I mean, obviously he's Stafford's favorite guy, and he's gonna get pepper with targets. I just have a funny stat. Um, <laughs> through two weeks, Bears wide receivers only have seven total receptions, and then in eight minute span yesterday, <laughs> Cooper Cup had seven receptions. So like, that's if a I, nugget. If I couldn't be more like feel more right about the fact that the bears like need to figure out their offense like seven receptions two weeks to wide receivers it's just it's just so disheartening because i I like justin fields so 
We'll see. But moving on, I guess we can get, talk about Curtis Samuel. I yeah. touched upon it earlier. Um, once spreading the ball around, and like this is kind of the guy I was expecting Curtis Samuel to be last year, like have like some pretty good upside in this Washington offense. Like Ron Rivera kept him for so long, brought him over from Carolina because he loves this fucking guy. And like through two weeks, it seems like, hey, Curtis Samuel is going to be very involved with this offense for the for the commanders. Yeah, it's a great it's a great great waiver ad, a hundred percent. And yeah, it seems like Cam Dotson and even McLaurin, like they'll all be in double digits pretty consistently. So yeah, especially because Washington's defense seems pretty shitty. So it seems like they're gonna have to air the ball out a lot. And I think he's a perfectly fine flex slide in once you get Keenan Allen back. I'm not sure if he's back next week or not. I don't know what the injury status of him is, but. It's a nice find. It's one of the better waiver ads, I'd say, him and Wentz. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, like, this is, like, these teams are so similar, Brock and Rask, because it's, like, I think they both have, like, fantasy championship-level teams if they could figure out. Like, they need another running back. So, yeah, I think if he can find another running back, like, he's got so much upside here that, you know, with Hurts, with cup and saying like Hertz is going to help you out in the short term with not having that running back but he needs basically he's going to have to wait a while for Elijah Mitchell and he's going to have to wait a while for Brian Robinson because I think even coming off of the bullet in his leg like he's going to be slowly put into this offense because he's going to be coming in in October like you know halfway through October realistically so I think he's just a running back away like a, from like a solid – if he can get like a solid running back that's going to give him 15 a week, you know, which is hard to find, like he's got a fantasy championship level team, I would say here. Yeah, and I guess we can move on to Elijah Moore. <laughs> I was definitely wrong about all the Jets kind of hovering around 10 because it seems like um, – what's his name? I'm, I'm blanking on the fucking rookie who went off. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is awesome i think elijah moore yeah. is great too i'm definitely not out on elijah moore i just think he's too talented it's just a tough flex start consistently i'd say but again he's kind of backed into that corner with some injuries i think if keen allen comes back next week he probably retools and like you said he puts curtis samuel in that flex position but elijah moore is like definitely on my do not like i wouldn't be comfortable dropping elijah moore oh, no way until i see him play like a, at least two or three games with Zach Wilson. It's not a drop. It's more of a sit. Is what yeah, I'd I think say. you just have to sit on this. Like, I think that Elijah Moore is a, is a great receiver. I guess I can't say great. He hasn't earned that. But I think he's got potential. And I would love to see what he can do, you know, as the Jets figure out this offense. As they get Wilson back, they get a little bit healthier. So I'm still high on Elijah Moore, at least for, you know, the foreseeable future. Um, the only note I have is like Garrett Wilson through two weeks is what we hoped Elijah Moore was going to be though. Yeah. I mean, Garrett Wilson, I think kind of had more hype cutting to coming into the league. It's just, we were a little higher on Elijah Moore just cause an extra year of experience, but yeah, I, I don't know me personally. I, again, I like Elijah Moore. It's just, it, it's hard to, it's hard to envision what the jets are going to be with 
just <laughs> the Jekyll and Hyde that we saw the first two weeks. They went from yeah. not being able to score to a miraculous comeback. But it does seem like Garrett so. Wilson's going to be involved, and I think... He's awesome. That, I think, that, goal, like, that like route at the said, goal line, just yeah. sick. I'm, I've been saying it this entire podcast. Like The Jets need to get these guys like Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Like They need to have touches. They need to manufacture touches for these guys, you know? Like, they're all talented. Like, there's no reason why the Jets can't be a, a hyper-competitive team this year. Especially in, like, the AFC East, like, outside of uh, the, the Bills. The like, Bills are both good. The Dolphins look good, right? But, like, the Jets can compete, you know? Like, I, I wouldn't say, I like, the I think that's Patriots what the fans are. want. I don't think they want yeah. them to win the division. They want them to at least I show that the they can hang the with some like, of these teams. Exactly. So... I don't know. I think the Jets need to get these playmakers more touches. I, I want to see more from Elijah Moore. Um, I got a question for you, Bill, because mm-hmm. um, this isn't going to air till tomorrow anyways. Um, are you going to be bidding on Garrett Wilson tonight? Yeah, I'm betting the house on him. We'll get to it when it gets to my <laughs> matchup, but I need a receiver. I'm going heavy on him. Well, I hope you have a lot of money to spend on this guy. Don't do that to me. I'm just saying, I'm very high <laughs> on Garrett Wilson. You're just driving me up. Get the fuck out no, of here. Billy, I'm just telling you right now, like, people might be shocked with how much fab I spent on this guy tomorrow. All right. You do that. Steve, <laughs> I, I know you're listening. Steve, do you have a, an input on this? Yeah, that's a, that's a red flag. That's chemical warfare uh, manipulating, <laughs> uh, manipulating fab bidding. Uh, yeah, you know, as, you know Steve's listening in like, I was going to put in money on Garrett Wilson. I think Steve's the one who dropped him, so that's <laughs> yep, Oh, yeah, no. I'm, I'm going to cut this whole thing. I'm not letting anyone hear this. No, you got to let them hear this. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I mean, they're not going to hear it till the the bids are already through. I'm just asking you a personal question. All right. Well, I'll give you a personal <laughs> answer. Shove your head up your ass. <laughs> All right. I think that's a perfect segue to I, nobody on. There's nobody really else on Rasp's team. I want to talk about All Joshua right. Palmer. He did have a good performance though. Um, yeah. I thought he. I thought he looked good um, filling in while Keenan Allen was out. Definitely one of the guys I got my eyes on. Um, it just sucks because there's so many people fighting for targets in Los Angeles. But, yeah, nobody else on RAS team to talk about. Absolutely nobody. Josh Palmer looked good, though. All right. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Last two uh, games. Let's save yours for last because it right. was a doozy. Um, I think we can go on to me if you want to. If you want to fire it up so we can start, I guess, start on my team because I beat Corey's dumbass. Yeah. Herbert, good. We know that. Kind of sucks about his ribs. Is he definitely playing next week? Is that day-to-day? Um, So he's not... It's day-to-day. So like, what ended up happening was that he didn't actually fracture any ribs, which is like crazy to think that he didn't, considering how hard he got hit. I'm taking his cage. man card, then. He, well, he, here, he was dying. Thing. He didn't fracture a rib. All of what happened is, is his ribs completely separated from the cartilage. So, like, he's basically... It's like his ribs are literally just hanging there right now. So, like, it's literally... You can't do anything about it. You just live in immense pain for for days. So, like, the fact that he got hit that hard and then still went out there and fucking threw a bullet, like, loved seeing it. I do think that the Chargers left a, a few points on the board. And I do think, like, that... 
You want to know it was the backbreaker for me with him this week is like Gerald Everett was gassed when he had that he had that yeah, catch six, like close know. to the end zone, and then it's like I wish they would have just taken a timeout, collected themselves, and then threw it to Gerald Everett for the touchdown. You know, but sucks. He looks every bit as good as he did last year. Um, and I'm just going to add some fire to the flame here. I think Herbert's better than Burrow. I think that's kind of been the debate for a bit, but I'm not ready to go there yet. If he goes to a Super Bowl, I'll give it to you, but I kind of, I don't know. I, I'm not really. The pick six was awful, but I mean, the pick it, it six was, was very fashion. bad. <laughs> like, yeah. I know Burrow's having a bad season so far, too, but. Uh, I'm going with the guy who's kind of shown me a little more like, yeah, that's just a I don't know. I, I'm 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 worried about his ribs. I don't believe that he will be sitting this week though. And there's no way if Justin Herbert is on the field, there's no there's nobody in the world besides like, you know, like obviously like Josh Allen or someone like. There's no one on the waiver wire. I'm gonna content consider starting no. over Herbert, even if he's a little injured. No, hundred percent not. And honestly, I expect him to have kind of more than 23 a lot of weeks. And again, he threw the pick, and if that's a touchdown, that's a six point swing, and he's looking at 30. Yeah. So, I think he'll be just fine. It's just a tough. I will say game. about that game, like we didn't talk about it a lot, but like Brandon Staley, dude, like if you're gonna set this kind of tone that like hey i'm the guy for go goes for it on fourth down like you're playing the kansas city chiefs you're playing patrick mahomes like there was a lot of opportunities in that game where it was like a fourth and short kind of in plus position like where they're on the Chiefs side of the field where they kind of decided to punt it it's like yeah the chargers have a better defense this year but like listen dude like you're not going to beat the chiefs like punting the ball like brandon staley like if you're going to be that guy go full in and like balls deep and be that guy. Like don't pussyfoot around it. Like, I think that they lost that game because of Brandon Staley's coaching. You hear that Brandon, you better straighten that out next week. Yeah. I mean, listen, he, I'm, I'm just being honest. Like I just, he needs to sack up. We'll go to your running backs who both popped week one and then kind of showed a little mortality week one, uh, week two rather. Mixon in general, it's just Cincinnati didn't really get going. Not particularly worried about him because he'll get the touches. It's just, yeah, he, he didn't run super efficiently this week, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But I mean, the Bengals whole line just isn't there. There, you know, it's just not there yet. I, I don't know what's going on, but they're just not gelling yet. You're still starting him every week. It's just it, it, it was yeah. an uncharacteristic down week. Yeah, and I was pretty high on mixing coming into this year. So, yeah, of course I'm starting them every week. They play the Jets next week. Maybe they'll have a little bit more success. Um, I don't know. The Jets defense, like you said earlier, has looked a little bit better at being able to get to the pass, at get to the quarterback. And, like, you know, their defensive line isn't terrible. So we'll see. But I think the main story is, like, 22 touches. You know, he's still getting all of the touches. So, like, it's like, sure, it, he had a down work. week. Yeah, it, it's it. He's gonna get fed, you know. Like he's the guy there, so I, I'm not worried about him. Uh, and then I think the same thing with Barkley. Like Barkley was playing. Carolina's defense is good. Um, I thought the issue with Barkley was like maybe they could have like 
ran him in between the tackles a little bit earlier in the game. Like it felt like it felt like what the story of the game was is like it looked like they last were running. Year. Yeah, they weren't running the ball super effectively in the first half, and then like as the defense got tired, like you started seeing Barkley take like some chunk runs in the second half. Um, I'm not worried about him either. 24 touches, he looks electric this year. So yeah, I, I'm. It sucks that they only they only had 22 points combined or 23 combined, but yeah, I'm not I'm not really worried about either of my running backs. Yeah, I still think I have one of the better duos in the league. We'll go more in depth when we talk Giants, but it. Anyway. It was slight humble pie that we're just not this vicious ground attack that <laughs> after week one it looked like we might be. It looked like there's still a lot of young pieces on the offensive line that kind of were missing blocks. He was getting hit in the backfield a ton. But yeah. regardless, he's still kind of, like you said, he got enough production in the second half to give you an 11.8. And, I mean, those guys kind of gutting it through help you out, you know. If they both have fives, then you're looking at a closer game. So. Yeah, and I will say they're playing Dallas this upcoming Monday, and like I'm expecting 200 yards rushing. I think that's a conservative <laughs> estimate. So, fair, we'll fair. DJ Moore, he had a touchdown. But... Saved my week with the touchdown. Literally saved my week with the touchdown. Other than that, they just weren't getting him involved. I I think we kind of talked about the Panthers enough, but yeah, we don't need to talk about the pan. Like we don't need to harbor on DJ Moore. Like I think he's a great player. I just. The Panthers' offense is just anemic, and Baker Mayfield's just not a good quarterback. Um, this was really like a battle. Like the Giants team really was a battle. We'll talk about the Giants, but like a battle of bad quarterbacks. But thankfully, he got the touchdown. But if Gabe Davis was healthy, like there's no chance in hell that DJ Moore was seeing my lineup this week. So, fair enough. Um, it looks like you found a real gem with Amon Ra St. Brown. They were handing the ball off to him uh he was getting big plays he seems to be uh what's his name goff's main guy all yeah. over at and in any real situation third down first down it doesn't really matter so credit to you there 39.4 is pretty insane detroit is doing what the jets need to do where it's like these guys are so skilled like we need to get the ball in their hands like they heavily involve like Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, Amon Ra, and then even TJ Hawkinson gets gets burned. And, like, one guy who's still on the IR who's going to come back later in the year, Jamison Williams, like, this Detroit offense is going to be good, but I think the star of the offense is Amon Ra. Like, I have shares of him. I was pretty high on him his rookie year because I I had him in Dynasty. Like, I've had him sitting there, and he was, like, one of my must-haves this year. Like, I was very high on him coming into this year considering how he ended up last year and like it seems like he's just it seems like he's like gonna be like i'm i'm really hoping he ends up being like a, a top 12 right wide receiver at the end of this year i think he's on target obviously to do that i just want i just want to hope that like you know jameson williams coming back doesn't kind of eat into his upside later in the year it very I well doubt may, it but I, I it's, still think but Amon Ra is an play. absolute beast. I mean, you watch the dude play; like he looks amazing out there. So, yeah, I'm really high on the Detroit offense. It seems like they have a lot of buy-in from their guys, and it seems like they're gonna kind of, even if they're if they're not a playoff team at the end of the year, it seems like they're going to be in every single game. So, we'll see. 
a nice tight end pickup with Everett. I think you kind of hyped him up in the preview that you were expecting a big game from him, and you kind of got up to 13.1. Anytime you get double yeah, digits with the tight ends, always nice. Yeah. We kind of talked yeah. about the one play where you would have liked him to kind of get a rest and get a score there, but overall, you can't really nitpick it too much. Yeah, my thing with Gerald Everett is like, yeah, obviously you hope for the touchdown, but I was really just hoping for 10 points. So he got me what I needed. Um, I will say that I think his productivity this week is a kind of a product of Keenan Allen being out. Um, It seemed like he was a safety blanket for Herbert a little bit this week. So I was playing for the stack, like the the potential touchdown stack here. Um, Otherwise, my option was Tyler Higby. So if Keenan Allen was in, and he ended up playing this Thursday, you would have seen Higby here, which I think had like an identical performance as Everett. Um, I'm still, just to be honest, like addressing the tight end position. I'm not sold on Everett yet. Um, but if Keenan Allen is out again next week, he'll definitely be in my lineup. Yeah, that's fair. And let's move on to Antonio Gibson. Another solid week, uh, 12.1. Don't, His yeah. performance was kind of saved by the touchdown, to be honest with you, Bill. Was it? Yeah, he had like a like kind of garbage time touchdown. Um, Were other dudes getting touches, or what? What did you McKissick, see there? McKissick got a lot of touches, but it was because they were down so much in the game. And he's more the passing back, you think? He's more or at like least how the, they view him. Uh, he's more of the no huddle offense. Gotcha. Back, yeah. Um, Antonio Gibson is a great pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, it's just like he's clearly the number one guy there right now. Um, but if they get what I found out this week, basically, is if they get down in games early, that McKissick is going to kind of eat on the receptions, kind of the check downs from Wentz. But, you know, we'll see. I, I'm still kind of holding out hope that Gibson is going to be like an RB two minimum this year. Or that you um, the can main trade concern him for is AJ Brown. Yeah, or that I could trade him for AJ Brown. But the concern <laughs> is obviously Brian Robinson coming back because he had so much hype in the offseason. I just find it hard. I find it very hard to believe that a rookie late round draft pick coming off a gunshot wound to his leg is gonna be a substantial kind of contributor for the Reds for the commanders this year. That's fair enough. I I'd say just in general to kind of like, how do you feel about your flex moving forward? If you're saying DJ Moore is going on the bench, you expect Davis back. Are you riding with Gibson, waiting for that? Um, um I'm I'm pretty comfortable because I have Gibson in my flex, and I think I I think I'm gonna get ten points minimum a week from him. I think he gets enough carries, and it, when they're they're not in like a negative game script, he'll get kind of passing work too because he is very good out of the backfield catching the ball mm-hmm. um and then the other option is like i think uh jeff wilson is yeah gonna he had 20 touches this week he's gonna yeah it seems like he got he's the gonna right continue to back. get the yeah he's gonna be the guy there especially because tdp went down this week for six weeks i think yeah so it's really just a war of attrition there in san francisco and i think <laughs> jeff wilson as long as he stays healthy even when Elijah Mitchell comes back, I, I think that Jeff Wilson is going to be the guy. So I'm pretty comfortable with my flex now. I, I could make some moves, but I'm not exactly kind of itching 
to to figure it out. I think f- at least for the short term, I should be good because like like you said, like yeah, DJ Moore is going to my bench, but like I could play him in the flex and expect like ten points, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, let's wrap it up with me and Trav. Oh, we got to talk about Corey's team. Oh. <laughs> I completely forgot that's on me. Let's bounce over there. You Not can... much to talk about, to be honest. Yeah, you um, can get it started. Derek Carr. Derek Carr, um, he played half of a football game. I guess you give him that, right? He did play half of a football game. Uh, completely irrelevant in the second half. Basically giving you streamer quarterback level play so mm-hmm. it's kind of what you're going to get from Derek Carr like he's like that Matt Stafford type where it's like he's not going to give you like a consistent like high upside play at quarterback but which is what we kind of been saying the whole time basically since he put the sticker I was on higher the board. On Derek Carr. oh yeah actually I forgot you had your Derek Carr thing but I also thought the Raiders are going to be a lot better um I mean, listen, like, if they can figure out how to play a full football game, I think they'll be good, is all I'll say. Yeah, and uh, I think it's a wait and see, but yeah, I, I don't think he's better or worse than a lot of the streaming options, so we'll see what Corey wants to do. I'm sure he'll overthink it and kind of fuck himself. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. He'll probably spend like 20 bucks on Tua this week. <laughs> but uh, Jonathan Taylor bad game for him you could almost say 7.3 you want more from that from the number one overall guy just the colts i'm a little worried about them just i'm not very out on the colts points. i was out on the colts coming into the season I'm, I'm even more out after i was proven right about matt ryan we'll I'm see sorry. with good quarterbacks don't get blanked by blanks the are bad <laughs> blanks are very bad i feel like it, and they t- tied the Texans week one. Like, they're not a good football team. Like, it's – they said it great on part of my take the other day. It's like Andrew Luck literally gave Frank Reich, like, five years of of a leash, like, to have bad play from the quarterback position. It's like I've been saying it for a while. Like, they eventually have to stop doing the Band-Aids at quarterback in Indianapolis and invest in a rookie – and like invest in developing a guy and it just seems like they are unwilling to and i think like this is the fruit of their labor is the fact that they have to bring in a a matt ryan who's just way past his prime yeah no i I don't disagree the issue is they kind of been winning games and they're not really in a position to take one but if this is a really bad year and they're picking top 10 I, i imagine they go that route and kind of can the coaching staff but yeah none of that really pertains to jonathan taylor do, do you I think, think as their long offense? As Matt Ryan is bad. It does pertain to Jonathan Taylor. Do you think because their offense gets better with Michael Pittman back? Though they scored points week one. Yeah, that's one thing we didn't talk about with Steve's team is he was missing Pittman this week and still won. I'm just realizing that now. But um, Muller stinks. Yeah, I mean, I would love to say that the Colts' offense is going to get better, but what does better look like? Twenty points against the Texans. So valid. You know, Jonathan Taylor is a, a must-start every week, and like he, I think he's probably going to be there at the end of the year as an RB1, but I literally got laughed at for saying that I thought Wentz was a better option in Indianapolis, and like I feel like through two weeks I've been proven right. So they play Kansas City next week. I think if you need a defense this week on the waiver wire, like 
Kansas City is like one of the defenses that I'm pretty high on. Um, I think they're gonna fucking smash the Colts this week, especially after how how well they were. Like, yeah, jo- uh, Justin Herbert had 23 points for fantasy, but like the Kansas City defense looked really good in that Thursday night game, and they're coming off of 10 days of rest against Matt Ryan. Quick pivot and- with the defenses. Why'd you start the Dolphins D with the minus eight against the Ravens? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I I was like, oh, Dolphins D. Like last year they were like one of the top defenses, like Baltimore. I don't know if like I thought that they were gonna create some turnovers and I was literally just like praying to God that it didn't get past like minus two points and then it was minus eight. Like <laughs> I literally like if you look at my defense compared to Corey's, it's a fucking 18 point swing in the game that could have lost me the game like if i had literally a defense that just had five points like i have 133 and and this isn't even close like Corey got lucky that i gifted him eight points and he's that's actually honestly embarrassing Corey, that you lost and i gifted you eight points and then i guess i'll give you your flowers you you got your james connor injury you've been kind of clamoring that he's gonna get hurt for as long as we've been doing this it looks like he will be back relatively soon but yeah it's it's a day yeah i I mean i i i said that connor was gonna get injured i'm not hoping for an injury but i just like one healthy year in your entire career seems like the outlier as opposed to the five injured years so we'll see juju dud yeah he was my bust of the week um (laughs) 100% 100% right about Juju. I just I don't think he's a good wide receiver. Juju and Isaiah McKenzie already is a rough look at receiver, I'll say. Yeah, and you want to know what's hilarious, Billy, is like when Gabe Davis was out, I was going to drop Michael Gallup, right? And I was going to drop Michael Gallup and Mark Ingram, and I was going to pick up McKenzie and move Davis to my IR when I had the opportunity so I could pick up like another player to be like a, an asshole. If I would have done that, he would have been forced to start literally any other option and might have won the game. Yeah, he had Cooper in there when we looked at it the other day. <laughs> it turns yeah. out that would have and been... And we made fun of the fact that he started. He was going to start Cooper and then and Cooper then ends up having a monster week. Yeah, I mean, McKenzie, the one thing I'll say about him is like... He's not the Gabe Davis handcuff at all because yeah, if you watch that game, position. it was... Yeah, like, he still was splitting slot time with Crowder, and they slotted Kumaro, who's actually the backup to Davis, into Davis, Davis's spot, and he had a bet. I believe he actually had a better game than... Let me... let me I could look it up real quick. Um, yeah, he ended up having two for 50 as opposed to two for 30. So it's not, like, a crazy good game, but, yeah, he, he ended up having a better game than McKenzie, so... Uh, I didn't think McKenzie was going to cover the uh, 17 or whatever points he needed anyways, but yeah, I guess moving forward for anybody else listening, McKenzie's not the handcuff for Gabriel Davis. We'll move on to Andrews. He had what you expect out of him, 25.7. Awesome game. I think you'll see more of that from him. And then even Waller, another nice game, but the thing is it's just the receivers are Looking yeah. a little scary. He has some options on the bench, which we'll get to, but the tight end strategy kind of worked here, and he still lost, which is a little concerning if I'm him. 
And it's like, how often are you like? I think Andrews, you'll probably get these bigger weeks out of, but like, in future games where Devontae Adams is more involved and Las Vegas doesn't fall apart in the second half, like, I just, I think Waller's upside is limited because he has better options around him as opposed to Andrews, who I think his only real competition for targets is Rashad Bateman. Um, and, and it seems like the Baltimore offense is firing on all cylinders yeah, as opposed back. to las vegas like even with the huge game from la- last week from Devonte, like their offense isn't too efficient and they're not exactly scoring a lot of points like you would have expected from mcdaniel so i don't know um i'm still like waller had a good week but i'm still gonna question this until this two tight end strategy works for somebody in this league like i'm, I'm gonna question it you know and that's fair. And then let's just go down to his bench. Yeah, he does I, have good bench options. I don't know if Cooper's doing this every week, to be honest. But if he no, does, then it kind of so. works. But the guy there that I'm looking at is Dotson. This is two good weeks in a row where he's scoring touchdowns, outscoring McLaurin both weeks. He might have found a gem there. I think. I think he's got options in Olave and Dotson, to be honest yeah. with you. Olave had uh, 13 targets this week. They weren't high-quality targets, obviously, because he only converted on five of them, but I think it was something like... I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I want to say like he had like 200 air yards of targets. So you got to imagine, like, eventually, you know, Jameis is going to complete some of those balls. And then Godwin and JMO on the IR. Obviously, they may not be back super soon, but he kind of can make this work. I, I'm not necessarily panicking. I I just said I'm not he should panic, sure. but it's I'm not just not he's so got to sure. he's got to plug it in right. Jamison Williams, I'm still not so sure at because he's going to be coming in probably week eight. I think is his timeline. And he's going to have to kind of learn the entire offense. And, like, at that point, by the time he, like, really gets involved in the offense, I think this year for Jamison Williams is more so a punt. Um, Like, maybe he can be effective in, like, those weeks 10 to 15. But, like, how much confidence, if you do make the playoffs, how much confidence are you really going to have playing, like, an unproven rookie? I I think he's, like, week five or six. And then... Are you sure? I thought he was on the pup. Regardless, I'll, I'll pump the Jamison tires a bit. Like, we're seeing Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Olave, like, Dotson, all these guys come in and make impacts quick. And Jamo is legit, potentially the most talented guy. He just slipped a bit because he tore his ACL in, like, January. So, oh, yeah, I think he's talented. It's just, I wonder. And like, you're, and you're hyped on the Detroit offense, too. So, I mean, it. it I I think he can be a good player. It's just Corey's I guess gonna... I just think Olave and Dotson are better options. Yeah, for the time being, no doubt. But just because they went through an entire training camp, like they they know they're off. It's it's like things like that that you don't think about for rookies, you know. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you know having that training camp, getting to know the playbook, like actually playing in some and some games in the preseason, and like getting to use the NFL speed. I don't know. I'm probably rambling here, but I, I think Olave is a very good play moving forward. I, I definitely think Corey will probably, I, if I had to guess, I think Juju and McKenzie are completely out of his starting lineup next week, and it's going to be Olave. If it was me, I'd probably put in Olave and Dotson. Um, 
I think for Alave, you're you're playing for like, hey, it looks like he's gonna get pepper with targets and have like a high floor. And then with Dotson, I think it's like the TD play where it's like it seems like pretty early on he's he's a TD target for Wentz in the Washington offense. Fair enough. Let's get to this last game, me versus Trap. This is I I'm just gonna say, Billy, this has got to be one of the most depressing losses I've ever seen in fantasy football. Yeah, I mean. Around like four o'clock, I was I was riding high. The Giants are two and zero, and then it just kind of I you flip over to the Baltimore Miami game, and I, I thought I was run, running away with the game, not even realizing that Lamar and Tyreek are rallying him back. Gano, who just saved the Giants games, dropping to seventeen, and then fast forward to the next day, you got fucking james bradbury handing interception balls to james Harden. it, it was just a tough couple <laughs> days here for me I and you want to know the worst part about it <laughs> the worst part about this like i know we're going to talk about travis's team first but the worst part is that he still he still benched the bill's defense or he would have scored 160 this week it's ridiculous four players with four players it's ridiculous. Lamar, freak performance. That's 75 touchdown run. 75 yard touchdown run. Sick. Acres. Se- Acres seemingly. Started- <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Travis go ahead. Started three- I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm just. I'm dying because this is just to hammer home how bad Mauler's team is. Travis could have started three players and beat Mauler's team this week. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright, go ahead. You 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 I've been talking too much. Go ahead. No, I'm gonna zip through it honestly. Um Acres, it, it doesn't seem like it's as bad as we kind of expected him to be. He was my be. bust of the week. I mean seventeen touches and only eight points. It's not it's still not good. I, I don't think the Rams offensive line is good. But so it, it's not he, like Henderson is taking over the backfield like we kind of it was trending towards at least. Yeah, it's Henderson like outscored him, but uh, they they got Acres touches. I, I don't know if he's fine as an RB one long term, but no. yeah, Kenyon Drake absolute dud. I don't know who the fuck running backs are gonna be there. So the yeah, he, he got a dude. fucking goose egg and then still beat me because <laughs> Tyreek Hill goes forty two burger on me. Yeah, and we kind of talked awesome. about this earlier. Like Tua looked fucking awesome, so. Tyreek Hill looked awesome, and like it seems like the Dolphins' offense is going to be pretty electric this year, which I'm fine with. Honestly, I I pull for any stinky team that kind of turns it around. Yeah, I would love to see the like the like I would love to see like the Patriots end fourth in the AFC East this year. Robinson not really involved. He had the one touchdown, which was pretty much his whole week. It still is kind of all cup, but. That still kind of killed he me. Was, at least he was involved, though, which is what you couldn't say about week one. Yeah. Like, it seemed like Stafford actually got him involved, and he had a touchdown pretty early on. I think without that touchdown, obviously, it's it's a different story. It's But I'm definitely not out on Allen Robinson, so we'll see. I think Travis does need to uh, stop drafting so many Rams, though, in the future. <laughs> He never will. He never will. Yeah, I know. Hawkinson, a nice tight end game, 10.5. Uh, 10.5? Oh, I'm sorry. 
I, I'm looking at the projection. I'm completely wrong. Just scratch that from the record. Five point six. It's I getting don't think late Hawkinson here. Is, I don't think Hawkinson is going to be a five point six kind of tight end the rest of the year. He hasn't had a great start to the year, but I definitely would still rather have Hawkinson over a lot. Like I would rather have Hawkinson over Gerald Everett right now. Or Kyle Pitts, Everett on my team. potentially. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Pitts. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Thielen, I think, will get more involved. They kind of gave him the ball at the end. Granted, every single fucking time they threw to him, I thought it was going to get intercepted. And I was just like, how is he catching these? They were, he was fitting these in the tightest of windows. And I'm just like, why aren't these going to Jefferson? Yeah, I'm out on Thielen. I, I said he was going to have a bad week again this week. I, I'm kind of out on him. It seemed like he wasn't involved in the offense for the first three quarters of the it game. Was, he had a zero. I was. Yeah. I thought I was going to squeak it, by. Didn't you play him in Dynasty, too? Yeah. Thielen? So I, I, yeah. Oh, you Same got... story. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Billy. No, it's all right. Um, the Browns D, he gave me a chance with the zero burger there instead yeah. of the Bills. And then Travis, please start the Bills defense next week. Like, please. Oh my God. And then Gano, the best kicker in the league, taking the crown from Justin Tucker, 17. Yeah. That hurts, but listen, I'll take Giants wins over fantasy wins as much as this sucks. But yeah. And I'm then... still not extremely high on Travis's entire squad. I do think he needs to. I think Kamara is going to come back, right? So I don't think he needs an RB1. I think he needs to address RB2 still. And I think Jacoby Myers could be a sneaky, good flex play over Thielen moving forward. I just think he gets too many targets in that New England offense where he, he's going to get you like a high floor every week. Yeah, I it, it's what we said in the preview. It's Lamar, Tyreek, and a bunch of players you don't give a shit about, but yeah, <laughs> they ended up burning me. <laughs> yeah, it ended up being that that's all he needed was Lamar and Tyreek. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks, but it's it's got to happen to somebody. And then, yeah. yeah, I don't want to fucking talk about his team anymore. I'm so pissed. <laughs> I was talking so much shit to him on Saturday, too, and then... Huh. <laughs> yeah, I think we were both making fun of him on Saturday about his team. And yeah. he was like, I don't know what happened. I was drafting and playing softball. I lost a guy fucking playing softball while he drafted. And then we'll go over to my team. Before we kind of nitpick it, uh, I do have most points through two weeks and no wins. So that's really fun. But, yeah. yeah I'm a big fan of moral victories. <laughs> Kyler, really bad in the first half. And I was... I was questioning my entire life at that point. He rallied. The comeback was awesome because I, I fully expected myself to win going into Monday night. We'll get to Jefferson later, but I hope we see more of that half out of the Cardinals. Like we said with a few of the other Cardinals people. Uh, when was this? With Hollywood Brown. They've been bad for like three quarters of the time they've been on the field. So I hope we see more of that. You see like the video game plays like that shit's electric. Just do more of that and score more yeah, points. Yeah, I, I hate to break it to you. I don't think that the Cardinals are going to play like that for the rest of the year. Like my biggest, like I, I, I've been pretty low on the Cardinals to start the year. Um, I just don't think Cliff Kingsbury is, the, is a good coach. I think Kyler's a good player. So I think you're fine from a fantasy perspective. I think Kyler will 
kind of return his investment for you. But um, I don't know. It seemed like at least like the last two touchdowns of the game. I don't know how much you watched. Um, I was watching pretty much the whole time. Yeah. So like the entire like the last two touchdowns were pretty much just like Kyler Murray making a play, not like some designed like high level offense. Like it was like, hey, Kyler, like go win this for us like yeah so just do more of that (laughs) and less of whatever the fuck kingsbury is telling you to do i'm not i'm not looking for that one quote um what was the quote it was like my favorite quote of the weekend it was like kyler murray kyler murray scrambles like a toddler running away from his parents with a cell phone it's like literally exactly what he looks like when he's running in that touchdown like he literally looks like a little kid out there playing with like a bunch of adults yeah, so, yeah, I'm not looking for replacements necessarily. I I just kind of got to keep riding it out, honestly, until someone has a shitty week against me. I don't really know what to do, honestly. Yeah, I mean, most points in 0-2, like... It, it's probably like 5. I'm not this really, is a Joe Post stat line. But like, I'm not trying I, to I, bitch too much. It's just a little bit shitty of a start, and like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't we get let's keep going i guess let's talk about Fournette. i mean i don't think guy had 26 touches and only nine points like there's no way that if he got 26 touches against a team next week that you would expect the same output so yeah the saints just give him fits i i don't really know what to say there but he he's still healthy and he's still getting the touches yeah if he has a better week though i could pull i could squeak it out and I guess I'll move on to Chubb. I waste his sick performance, 32.3. Hey, obviously, RB1 through two weeks, though. Obviously scores the touchdown to lose his team the game, but I, I appreciate that. I hope he doesn't fucking start kneeling now <laughs> and learn from that. Yeah. But, yeah, nothing but good things to say about Chubb. So, that's nice. Justin Jefferson, I was expecting a kind of... He him. he seems like he's got that fucking like hot head if it's not going his way attitude. These these routes where Slay was uh, jumping. The Eagles him. just shit on them though. Like we talked yeah. about earlier, like the Eagles Slay and Bradbury played awesome. <laughs> like in this game, like I, I don't know, like he still had 12 targets but yeah they were like... forcing it to him honestly but i mean some of these were just duds like falling down avoiding a sack targets where he's getting picked off but some of these he's just not coming back to the ball he, it seems like he was just mentally checked out once they started getting crapped on which is concerning i still think he's fine like i'm obviously playing him every single week but definitely a disappointing performance because I, I fully expected him to outscore Thielen by 10 I think or like 10.6 or whatever it was going into yeah, Monday night I, like, I thought I completed the comeback kind of thing and it, it, it looked like it was happening and then Thielen just kind of got some at the end and then I don't even think Jefferson hit the number regardless so disappointing from him especially when I, I kind of could parade around the league last week for yeah. taking him to so that sucks Good news. Bateman though. Bateman's like, it nice. Seems like you got I a think. wide receiver too. Yeah. And Bateman. I like Bateman. 
The, I like Bateman a lot. I liked him last year as a rookie, and he was fucking moving on that big play. And I mean, if if you're gonna yeah. nitpick him, that it's just the big plays. Like he had a a couple other catches, and then also if he's just getting a big play every week, like yeah. But I even Marquise really Brown, when he was in this offense, like he was the big play guy, and he was great for fantasy. You yeah, know, like, and I think Bateman's better than him, honestly. No, I think Bateman's better than him. Uh, I think he's gonna be like I think Bateman. Like he had seven targets this week. Um, I think last week he had four targets, or he had la- five targets last week. So it seems like he's going to be involved in the passing offense. I think him and I think the best thing you have going for you with Bateman is his only competition really is Mark Andrews, and like in terms of like the deep ball threat, like Bateman's their deep ball threat, and Lamar throws an absolutely great deep ball. So I think you have a pretty good guy here in Bateman moving forward. And then the the real dud is Kyle Pitts two weeks in a row. Do you it's see their fucking idiot coach when they asked Arthur about Arthur Smith with yeah. his, no, his no chin? Yeah. The we're <laughs> no playing fantasy football. Well, some of us are Arthur, so why don't you shut the fuck it, up? It was, we're not playing fantasy football. We're trying to win real football games, and it's like, dude, you're not winning any fucking yeah. football games, you asshole. You're not asshole. winning games. Throwing like, the not ball. Going games like not throwing Kyle Pitts the ball. Like, Dude, they on. took this guy over fucking Jamar Chase, like Sewell, who would help them drastically, Jalen Waddle, like all these guys, and then you're just not gonna use them. Like, it just pisses me off to no end. I know London's good, and I I fully respect that, but that there's just no reason. He had a thousand yards last year too. It's not like. He had a bad rookie year. It's just I have him. This in seems like South disaster. Jersey league, like I took him early because I was like, oh, I think this guy's gonna play like a wide receiver again this year. It just I, seems very bad. Listen, I, I gotta keep throwing him out there because I'm not gonna sit him the week he scores. They play but... Seattle next week. I think. I think. I think with Kyle Pitts, like. I don't think I would even want to go to the waiver wire if I had Kyle Pitts because, like, who provides any upside that's comparable to what he is? You know, like, I, I, I'm not worried about him yet. Like, what are you, like, what are you gonna do? Like, you, you just have to kind of ride with it. Like, there's plenty of tight ends like Cole Komet who would give you a dud. You know, so it's like, I don't know. I think if Kyle Pitts doesn't show any signs of life, like. By like week five, then I would panic. But it's a tight end. Like I, I, I just—he's too good to not. A- am I wrong? Like he's too good to not be involved in the offense, yeah. right? And I mean, listen, like <laughs> the story could be easily like I'd be flying so high if I'm just beating teams like with consistent one thirties. But the fact that I'm not, it's like it—it it makes you think a little irrationally, you know. It may, makes you start to panic yeah when bit. you look around the league and you see like it's, it's hey, gonna i could have played muller this week yeah or travis last week when he put up like 40 you know it's just like you could have played anybody in the league besides two people and you would have won that That's that me. is what it is I, i'm not trying to bitch about how fantasy works like yeah it, i'm not i wouldn't be worried about pits i mean it sucks but it sucks that they scored 27 points and he still wasn't involved like that sucks yeah um henderson it doesn't seem like he's gonna be the full rb1 that i want him to be but considering my other really options i kind of just have lottery ticket running backs 
I'm obviously going to make some moves uh, on the waiver wire this week. Try to patch something together, but I'm going to run out a <laughs> pretty similar lineup next week and kind of hope for the best. I think I play Husser, so hopefully get in the win column. But yeah, it, it just sucks that it's seemingly going well scoring-wise, and then it's like if I lose like four more times, I'm not going to make the playoffs. So it, it's definitely some scary hours over here for the Jazz, but... Yeah, there's that. There's highs and lows of every year. So, well, do you, who are you playing this week? Do you know? I think it's Husser. Oh, so you should win this week. We'll see. Uh, otherwise, it's gonna be it's gonna be an embarrassing podcast. But yeah, I don't want to talk about my team anymore. <laughs> it's it's okay. I mean, listen, I was I started off fantasy last week in all my leagues zero and three. This week I had a perfect three and zero. Like you're due for some positive you know progression here i appreciate the little therapy session but yeah fuck this let's talk about the giants yeah let's talk about you know (laughs) the one of the bright spots of the weekend (laughs) yeah i'd say it's about as bad as you can feel after a win because i think (laughs) (laughs) the offense just looks very bad still i think daniel jones is just he should have thrown a pick six, honestly. And I think we just ran into two yeah, bozo knucklehead coaches that, yeah. that just Here's, decided not yeah. to win the game. The plus is that we're not the bozo knucklehead coaches. So it's like yeah. we seemingly have not idiots in charge, and we just have like a diet Gettleman roster. Like we haven't even seen any of his guys really play. Like no KT, no Wandale, you know, and we didn't sign any free agents. So he's making we're getting better results out of he's getting the most he's getting the best possible result out of this roster i would say like i i would think that here's a few things that i like is like daniel jones is playing so bad that we don't even need to question whether or not he's gonna get a fifth year like he's absolutely not gonna be back next year which is yeah it's good to know like and like i said like Daniel Jones would have to have, like, for the rest of this season, like, he would have to have, like, a Josh Allen-level year for us to even consider I could even say franchising that. him, you know? Yeah, it's, it's not happening. there's no chance in hell that's happening. And, like, we were looking at, like, that video you sent today into the group chat to me and Tom. Like, it's insane how open some of our receivers are. And we're talking about guys like David Sills, who are fourth-string wide receivers, like, and practice squad players on other teams like these guys are getting wide open like him tony shepherd like and daniel jones just like isn't even seeing them so like it's crazy to think that like if we just had a moderately better qb like we're probably beating the titans and the panthers by two touchdowns easily you know because of how well of our defense is playing um but yeah you gotta love dable because it seems like the players love him that everybody's buying in and like he's really getting a lot out of a roster that's like we're in full rebuild mode right now. Like if you told me that the giants start two and zero in this season, like Billy, we didn't think like they, we thought they were going to be shitty. We thought they were going to be like a five win team. They still right? can be shitty. I, I'm, I'm... I still think they are shitty. I still don't think they're an amazing team. They're going to go to the super bowl because the defense is so good, but I definitely like the, the meme that like they're one of the worst two and O teams ever is like, 
yeah, we're not a good fucking team, but we're still 2-0. Like, 2-0 yeah. is 2-0. And, I mean, the the only, like, I, I don't even know if people are saying this. Like, I, I don't even know if this is a, a thing, but the, oh, we're winning our way out of, like, a high draft pick. It's like, I am so done rooting for losses. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, I don't fucking care about... What is the high draft pick? We've had this? high draft picks for yeah. five years and are in this position. You know, Meanwhile, you got teams like the Bills that haven't picked high in four years and look at how good they are. You and know? they it's traded like, up and got their guy. It's like, and we have that. And they traded first round picks for Stefan Diggs. Like, listen, like I, yeah, like you said, like I'm completely adamant. Like I don't give a fuck about where a first round draft pick is. Yeah, I, I if I'm you with have you a there. good GM, they'll fi- like. If you have a good GM, you can always trade up and get a quarterback you want. You can always trade down and get more picks. You can always make that free agent signing. Like, as long as your GM is making more good decisions than bad, like, I don't give a fuck where the draft pick is. So, we play the Cowboys next week. I I think this is a winnable game, but I think we might be taking for granted. Like, some Giants fans might be taking for granted. Like, oh, they have Cooper Rush. Like, they're going to lose. It's like, listen, the Cowboys Daniel defense Jones. just made... The Cowboys defense just made Tom Brady and Joe Burrow look fucking Daniel Jones level. Yeah. You're so not wrong. how do you think they're gonna make Daniel Jones look? Is my question. That you being know? said, I like the way the defense is playing, and I do think we have some pieces there. I, I think we're gonna give him Thibs fits comes as back well. this week, it's gonna be Yeah. I think if Thibs comes back this week that Cooper Rush is gonna be on the ground like almost the entire game. I think we'll give him fits, but I think best case scenario, it's we it's win another game. game like this where it's just ugly as hell and we just kind of grind it out. But listen, I I'm not gonna bitch or be negative at all about three and zero or even two and one. It, it would suck to lose to the Cowboys, but it would suck to lose to the Cowboys. But honestly, like I don't care. Like when I first looked at the seat, like when I looked at the schedule leading into the season, like, and you see that we're playing the Titans, Panthers, Cowboys, Bears, Packers, Ravens in our first six, like I would have said best case scenario, two and four, you know, or one and five. So like, we're kind of on target. Like even if we lose the next four games, like we're still at where I expected them to be, Um, which sucks to say like that our expectations are that low. So I don't know. The only good thing is like, Hey, it seems like we have a coach that is that actual coach. And, like, we have a GM who, like, my favorite thing is, by the way, is that even though Tony had such a high draft price and Galladay, we gave him so much money, it's like they're not playing guys based off of their draft price or their cost to the team. It's not a cost they're that they guy- set, you know. It's- yeah, like, they're playing guys based off of, like, hey, who do we think actually gives us the best chance to win? And they've been right two times now. So... I think Tony's going to get more involved. He was more involved this week. I think he's really like a detriment of how bad Daniel Jones is. Um, I'd like to see what he could do with like a moderately better quarterback. And I also think because he was hurt in the offseason, like I think that they're really like holding that against him, like how injured he was, you know, in the offseason. Like if he's not going to be in practice, like how much do they want to use him in a game? He did get a lot more looks this week, at least. Just yeah, that, like, 50-yard play that could call back was pretty nasty. <laughs> well, there was also <laughs> another play where he was wide open. Daniel yeah. Jones didn't even see him. Like, you could be talking, like, if if Daniel Jones was an actual quarterback, like, Tony wouldn't be a concern after this week. Like, he would have had the 59-yard play, which was, like, a kind of a terrible call. 
I yeah, kind of I, I guess I can get it, but it wasn't like a it wasn't a pick play. Yeah, they just so ran it into wasn't each really other. pass interference. Like they just ran into each other. So like, why doesn't the receiver have just as much you know kind of access to that area of the field? You know, like, and then Tony had like another play where it would have probably been like a thirty yard completion, but Daniel Jones just sucks so much dick that he just didn't see him. Yeah, so we'll see how the Cowboys go. Um, we're going pretty long, so. We can cut it off here. Yeah. And yeah, any final closing words? No, I think uh, we'll just be back Thursday morning with the uh, preview for this week. Yeah, sounds good. Hope you guys enjoyed. As always, leave your comments in the group me. Don't forget to mash that five star. Leave a review if you'd like. And yeah, we will talk to you guys later in the week. Bye-bye. She walked away through a cheap pack of cigarettes Hard liquor mixed with a bit of intellect And all the boys, they were saying they were into it Such a pretty face on a pretty neck She's driving me crazy But I'm into it, but I'm into it I'm kinda into it It's getting lazy I think I'm losing it, I think I'm losing it I'm gone.